Okay, I am number six, and this is TNP Live. And I'm here with TNP contributor Lisa Belanger, and we should be joined by uh, TNP contributor Chris Graves and also my uh, co-host John Henry in any moment here. But uh, it's another Friday, and uh, it's another monologue, so here it goes. I've had a lot of resentment these past few years. The blame and the anger that's built up inside of me made me feel alone in the world. I lost connection with people that were very important in my life before they shut down the world. And now that it appears open again, and everyone moves on, and most moments outside of TNP, I'm alone. As Jimi Hendrix once said, loneliness is such a drag. For me, a more social person with more of an extrovert interest, uh, the last few years of pandemics to race wars to elections to proxy wars have alienated me among the people in my life who don't have the time or the will to pursue the kinds of things we talk about each week here on this show. But I had to learn quickly that it doesn't pit me or anyone here against them because I'm not normal. There are a lot of paths to be taken in politics. Some prefer not to engage at all. Maybe there's a wisdom in staying out of something you know nothing about. I seem to recall something about a box of Pandora or something there, but I'll ask Graves later. He'll probably remember. Anyways, I'd say that the people I clashed with the most around me were the ones who took the headlines for granted, repeated them, sometimes verbatim. And me, knowing that those lines were planted there for them, my disdain for their lack of understanding, and my anger that my friends were being brainwashed didn't stop it from happening. Nothing did. Some of those friends are friends no more, and what changed? Nothing. I think that what we're dealing with in the liberty movement is a formula that's been developed to keep people mired in stupid arguments. They're stupid because neither side is right. It's like two grown men in helmets cursing and spitting at each other about what the handle on the shopping cart really tastes like. The opinions, in this case, are subjective. But I'd say strawberry, maybe based on the test sample I tried. I've been part of these silly two-party paradigm arguments. I've never been one to wear the gear or slap bumper stickers on my car for any candidate, but that doesn't make me any better than someone who has. I used to think that there were good people in government, law enforcement, science, etc. And those good people would turn things around if we gave them power, power in numbers, strength in financial support, and even sacrifice of my own freedoms through protest if necessary. Boy, does that seem ridiculous even saying it now. Look, folks, I'm making no claim to a better understanding. In fact, you listening have probably taught me that by informing me 
and the crew here at TNP through your comments and emails. There is no end to this journey. When you finally understand one thing, it's time to move on to the next. So what about moving on after understanding that the two parties aren't going anywhere, the system is built in their favor, and the citizens or whatever they decide to call us next week have no real say in the large centralized powers that really do control the earth? I would advise to lower the emotions attached to these abstract things like countries, flags, companies, etc. When the binary decision is presented to you, laugh inside knowing that it's a picture drawn by someone that has the understanding of a child. And you were a child once too. Because there isn't two, but one. And the solution is many. Many will not and cannot have a number unless someone arbitrarily puts one there. We create our limits in life, in politics, and in what we do personally. Boundaries exist for a reason. They protect people. But we mustn't let the arbitrary boundaries of manipulators and centralized power be real anymore. We must recognize them as fraudulent and continue moving forward with our lives and our own understanding of our purpose here on earth. Resentment won't get you there. The will to live, to survive will. Find that in yourself and you will conquer everything that isn't real and what doesn't matter. And that's this week's monologue. Drop a six in the chat if you feel me. And uh, join the 2MP crew while you're at it. Um, make sure to follow if you're listening in on Rumble or Odyssey right now, if you already have it. Uh, follow us on multiple platforms because you never know when we're going to get yanked from one. And also, uh, if you're on social media like Twitter, Instagram, Gab, or Minds, uh, give us a follow there too and share this material there with hashtag TNPCrew. All right. Um, that way we can see you. We can connect with you. And that way it's easier to share information with us. Uh, we have a gab group called the New Prisoners and Friends. Feel free to drop us uh, stuff there like articles, videos, those types of things. Uh, you can do that in the comments section of any of our video platforms. We want to hear from you here at TMP. Um, I love when listeners drop uh, and members of our audience drop us articles and things to read. Um, I love trying to watch all the videos that people send us, um, even though I probably don't get to all of them. But um, when we're researching these topics for these shows and we want to present the best um, sort of uh, not arguments, but the best sort of conversation to sort of further the understanding, like I was saying in the monologue, um, this greatly involves our audience and we want it to be that way. Um, we don't want to appeal to our expertise here. We don't want to appeal to our experience. We don't want to appeal to anything because those are fallacies. Like if we want to better understand something, if we want to uh, offer somebody some sort of solution or just to even how to like approach understanding things, 
and learning how to think critically. I think that um, the learning mechanism of this is the most important, and it has been for me. So, and Lisa, you've been critical in that uh, for the past year now. I think we've been doing shows now, Lisa, for I think a year now. That's crazy to me that a year has passed already, isn't it? Like a blink of an eye, man. Holy shit. Where, did I, where does a year go, folks? I don't I mean, know. My, my mother says, where did 96 years go? <laughs> oh, well, I can believe it, though. And like Please. I've I've listened to people, Lisa, in my life tell me as they get older that it starts to move faster. And just like, yeah, you blink and just like a couple years are gone. A decade is gone. You know, and when people look at you like, oh, oh, people don't listen to that anymore. People don't do that anymore. And like things are sort of moving on in society. Like it becomes even more apparent. Like seeing what's seeing what's popular and what's important to like children or like the youth these days makes me feel so alienated at times because it's like i'm not oh there we go i think we have mr graves with us graves you don't have like a, a muted thing on you so you might your audio might be live you want to say hello to the audience we're live i think i heard something there hello yeah, we did it. <laughs> Technical gremlins, folks, as per yeah. usual here at TNP. Like, it's never a shortage of the little green bastards. I am fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I well, good thing you, about, uh, you know, you know, they say about smart TV or whatever, but, the, you know, good thing we can't smell through the television yet. <laughs> smell a vision. Oh, yes. Coming to TNP. Yes. Uh, that's that's the uh, new that was John Waters with uh, a couple of his movies. Oh, good call, good call, Grace. Because we were talking before. Because when I think of John Waters, I think of Baltimore. Um, yeah, and when I think of Baltimore, I think of crabs. What? But then when I think of, well, not those crabs. Um, <laughs> but uh, when it comes to crustaceans, though, Lisa and I were having an off-air conversation about some lobster salad. And I'm intrigued because I, I do love me some lobster salad stuff, things like that. Gross. Okay, yeah. you gotta put you gotta put the uh, link to the um. Oh, to the tweet. Thread, I like growing friends because there's some that. awesome awesome pics there. I'm I'm doing it right now. In fact, I'm gonna drop it in the in the Rumble chat for uh, people to check out too. And I think I see uh, Mayor Governor Tom uh, joining us in the chat. What's up, Mayor Governor? <laughs> gross yes 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 well yeah let's uh let's get that link in there and then um mr graves you've been doing some uh podcasts lately haven't you no okay i haven't i've been dying yeah that's not a joke dying is also a drag i've heard um no, no, yeah well ahead. it's all a perspective yeah yeah um it could be so, release it could be peaceful you know what i mean well Real quick, just to fill in the audience, um, you know, Gross. you've, you've, well, yeah, exactly. Um, you've talked about um, some of the medical issues that you've been dealing with lately on recent podcasts. So I don't, wanna, yeah, but I, I noticed feel like that I'm outing your personal talking too much about that. Actually, six. No, there, I don't see. No, I don't there's think... other people have been kind of throwing it back in my face. So 
Oh, oh, well, you know. I'm good with that. No, I'm uh, I'm still breathing right now. Um, well, right now, I have like five shows to do today, and I'm thinking about just canceling all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say to the audience, I mean, if they check your Twitter, that they can find your PayPal and your yeah, cash app. Don't worry about that, dude. Other yeah. people have uh, more worthy causes. No, my thing is okay. Well, no, I, uh, getting, just getting really you a little bit of help ain't, ain't a bad thing, man. And, and hey, like the other thing is, service here, okay? Yeah. I'm just very tired these days, and uh, well, yeah. monetary things aren't going to really do any anything for it. Yeah, but you're our friend, and like I think the people <laughs> in our audience here at TMP uh, think of you as a friend. It's somebody that they look forward to hearing from every week. So if they can help you out, they can help uh, you out, brother. I would, I'll just, I'll just uh, leave it at that. I'm not going to press you to do anything else or say so, anything else about it. You know, except again, good vibes. You know, good vibes. Uh, I don't know if True. I believe in prayer, but good vibes. You know, mm-hmm. that's about it. That's all. Hey, well, I'll try to contribute as much as I can, and just uh, don't forget me if I am gone. You know what I mean? That's all I got to say. Well, no, I don't think, brother. I don't even think that's possible. I mean, you, you've, you've done such an amazing amount of work just on on this show that I don't think it would be even be possible to, you know, look past that. But then also, um, you know, all that you've done with Ocelli.com, like you, no, that's all right. no, no, I haven't really done much, but you know what? Lisa has been come. I think I looked back on it and Lisa joined forces with you guys about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, actually probably like a month ago or so ago. Right. Well, we did our, uh, we did our first interview um, and I released it on Father's Day. And it just so happened that, you know, the main topic, you know, the, of that interview with Lisa was about her father and what she dealt with with the guardianship racket in right, Massachusetts. Right. And, uh, you know, since then, I mean, just to update the audience a little bit, Lisa, I mean, you were you were persecuted by the bar. Um, you've had your your license suspended, but you are still a lawyer. They didn't take your license from you. So they can't, they, they haven't taken that from you. No, my knowledge in over 25 years of uh, experience in the belly of the beast. So, yeah. But I mean, as we celebrate that one year anniversary, I mean, have we gotten anywhere in the guardianship world or have more people been sucked into that system? Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's the thing I look back on, like, you know, uh, there's stories that we're going to cover in this week's Big Four where the biggest question that I have, you know, for people out there, when you think about solutions being given to us through centralized power, through through our governments, right. through big organizations or institutions, like if you think that they're serving you, if you think that they're going to take care of you, yeah. um, the, the stories Thank that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well... The stories that we're going to talk about today is like, I want, I want you folks to all ask yourselves out there, how many innocent were harmed by the, by the actions of our institutions, like in these cases, especially when we get to the one when it comes to like ballistics, oh, the, no. the Maryland case, the Mar- Maryland Supreme Court that we're going to talk about. Talk yeah. about the matrix. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Like if you're an innocent yeah. man in prison. Or woman, because uh, you know sexism. Sorry, um, but yeah, if you're an innocent man and or woman, innocent in prison, person, or, yeah, yeah, or they're them. If you're an innocent them, 
in in prison. Yeah, I guess the woke stuff. Man, I know. I'm playing. I'm playing. But um, no, and and you didn't fire the murder weapon, but somebody said that you did because of their expertise. Because they 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 have a program. They got some they got some graphs and charts. They got some numbers. They got the science. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going with that, right? Because I mean, look at how that shit fell apart in public, in front of everyone. Like the shit, the wheels fucking fell off of that fallacy in Gross. front of everyone. Like the egg is on everyone's face, and no one's no one's allowed to talk about it. Kudos to the attorney. I'm, I can't believe that there was actually an attorney who did it. Yeah. I mean that that we hey we have to give props where props are due. I mean I'm not saying that there's not good people in the institutions. I'm just saying that relying on getting the good people into the institutions to somewhat salvage them. Oh, I think that is rough. I think that's I, a really I, rough. Oh wait, we don't know if the attorney the attorney was part of the institution. I'm not sure. Oh, that's true. Me. Yeah, yeah. That Anyone that's else? that's the other thing too. Yeah, this doesn't have to be a state you know type of thing, but. Um, you know, isn't there? Well, it depends on where you draw the line on institution, right? Because when it comes to law, you don't just to just go, jump in there and say, I am this person's attorney. You have to sort of be part of the you have to be part of the MLB to be a professional baseball player in, in a way or something like that. Right. Like you have to you have to sort of be in the system somewhat to be considered that thing. But even so when you are, I've been to yeah. Fenway, but even when you yeah. are. Sometimes it just don't matter if the judge don't want you in that case. Let me just say. Oh, yeah. Speaking of other people that are beholden to institutions. I mean, we've seen a lot uh, this past week. Um, you know, as far as some of our friends on Twitter have talked about what they've gone through uh, in the court system. Like our, our shout out to our buddy, Jeff Fenton. Um, you know, we've had him on before talking about uh, some of the, the homelessness laws in Tennessee and how that, that disgusting uh, thing was going to be sort of a, a way to California too. Oh, absolutely. And, and it just, it goes to show you like what, what happens when the real estate market does collapse? What happens when people, you know, can no longer afford the homes that, that are out there. And then your only option is to live in a tent city. And then it's illegal to live in a tent city. <laughs> like, I wrote a horror movie, a werewolf horror movie, all about that. <laughs> well, yeah, and we're we're gonna get that fucker made. Like, right. I'm hoping we got plans here. We got plans here. Limited though. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll we'll wheel you up to it if it if if we have to. All right, but um, with with what we're doing in this country right now, for instance, like with the big debate this past week, guys, and I'm sure you you've probably seen it, um, is that. The the two party system and the way that the justice system treats the two different parties, it reminds me a lot of the way that they found out how chimps deal with jealousy. Um, air quotes, air quotes, two party system. <laughs> yes, oh yes, thank you, thank you very much because you can you can illustrate that much better. Um, but no, with, with, with what's being presented to us in all of media, and it's not just mainstream media, it's all different types of alternative media too, of course, uh, people that are large proprietors even of, of this, this very, uh, place that we're on like rumble, 
um, still telling people that you, you got to go out and you got to vote the right people in so they can go ahead and fire the bad people. And that's the only details that they really give you um, because that's the only details they can really give you on a solution like that. Imagine it. If you got if you got more in depth with these people about how Schedule F, like voting Trump, for instance, into office again and having him Schedule F all the bad people in the Justice Department, that that's going to solve the problems in the Justice Department. Because as as the line from, uh, you know, the the thumbnail goes this week, whose Department of Justice is it anyway, Lisa? Like, does the Justice Department fall under the. Um, executive branch? Is that governed by the executive branch? Is it the Supreme Court that that wields the power of the Department of Justice, Lisa? Well, I don't believe so. It's supposed to be uh, supposedly the overseer, the big dog supposedly of overseeing the DOJ is the commander in chief, the, you know, Mr. President, supposedly. Supposedly. (laughs) So what you're saying is, for someone like me, who's, you know, maybe even an eternal skeptic, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But you're telling me that a president like Donald Trump, someone who claimed to have been persecuted by the Department of Justice during both the time before, during, and after his presidency, and still right now, um, the person that claims that he's being pursued by the Department of Justice in a uh, political way was in charge of the department of justice during that time. I don't, I don't know how that happens. Lisa. Well, you see all the dog and pony show, right? But we'll just blame it. I mean, easy to blame say, Oh, well, it was bar bars fault. Oh, but wait, (laughs) I mean, don't get us wrong folks. Bill Barr is a huge piece of shit. (laughs) You know, like there's, there's, there's a lot about Bill Barr to be said too, right? But oh when we're talking God. about just who's really in charge of the fucking show, like who's really standing back, like so in wrestling, Lisa, because of the great wrestler and commentator for many, many years. When I was growing up, one of the best commentary teams that you'll ever find in wrestling was Bobby the Brain Heenan and a man named Gorilla Monsoon. And Gorilla would sit sort of in a position backstage uh, looking at monitors and things of that nature and in WWF, WWE, they call that the gorilla position. So I imagine like the person that's running the show, that's sitting and watching these monitors, right? That if you if you truly have the reins of power over uh, an entity like the Justice Department or Department of Justice, maybe we're getting things you know mixed up. But you know, again, correct me if we were wrong semantically here when we, when we speak of these. Things. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, we could go there too. But that the person at the gorilla position is just going to watch all this happen to them and then continue to let it happen while they, while they had the power to do the schedule F. Didn't they have the power to do the schedule F at the time of this? Because I think that that's something that was taken away by Biden in one of the 1,000 uh, executive orders that he signed in the first 60 seconds of fucking office. Because that's how that's that's not how the executive branch was meant to be run either, right, Lisa? Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Were we supposed to be? Oh, you muted yourself. Oh, are we supposed to be in, uh, you a know, constitutional uh, republic of some sort? I... You know, we, we just don't have a tyrant. Yet? 
England, a tyrant that gets to put in whatever they fuck they want. <laughs> yes, that, that that's exactly. See, it was just all a one big show because like, well, you know what? We never departed from England ever. Well, and it goes what well, it goes towards the stupid two party thinking and the misunderstanding and the oversimplification of government that getting one person in power is going to solve things. Folks, it shouldn't. <laughs> because if one person, right, if you could take one pill that's going to cure you, imagine the side effects on that bitch. <laughs> like, imagine how powerful. But can they ever really, I mean, here's the term, benevolent dictator. I mean, that's, oh. an, oxy, that's an oxymoron, right? Yeah. I mean, can like, a dictator like, really be benevolent? Yeah, like nice mistress, right? <laughs> no. Wait for Grace to chime in on that one. Um, he'll be back in a second. He said, "No, um, no." With what we do, and it's very is that submissive thing. Like, uh, I mean, not to get too uh, sexual on the show, but uh, there are people that are dominant and people that are submissive a lot, and that's another binary that's presented. You know, that I'm sure people would argue that we're most folks are a mixture, sort of a both. But uh, we are very submissive in the political community. The people that are politically active. We want, we want our leaders. We want our daddies telling us and mommies what to do. You know, like we want, we want strong, like characters that look great on TV. They can come out and fucking stand, you know, pound their fist. And that's the thing about Biden. Like you got to give it to him. Like he delivers with conviction. He might not know what the fuck he's even saying, but he's convinced of it, at least in his expressions. Right. He might be a complete lying piece of shit. Nothing that came out of his mouth could even be true. And it doesn't matter because he says it with such conviction. Like he, he's just he, he's an animal whenever it comes to that. Like you go back and you watch old school Joe Biden tapes. That's how you know his brain is fucking broke. Go back and watch old Joe Biden tapes and look at his fucking smile. Look at that fucking devilish smile when he looks at people, when they ask him a question and he knows he's fucked because he'll look you right in the eye and fucking lie to you. And say, how dare you? And fuck you. And how dare you challenge me? How dare you come after my family when you ask me about my family's briberies or my family's corruption or the reason why my family ends up in every fucking state that I have anything to do with in power or country, right? Like, it's just, it's unbelievable that from the credit card companies in Delaware on, according to Peter Schweitzer, if you know, go check out his book, I think it was Profiles in Corruption. Um, where I read that uh, it was the credit card companies originally. Go fucking figure there, by the way. Most trustable motherfuckers on the planet, right? Miss one payment, and, and you know, your APR goes from like six up to like twenty nine point nine 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 repeated, you know, forever and ever, plus penalties and fees. Fucking goons. Oh, I'm sorry. Did someone say slavery had been ended? I'm I'm just wondering. Well, yeah. Well, it's I mean, that's the thing. Is this how much of what we're experiencing right now, whenever it comes to the manipulation of our emotions, whenever it comes to the manipulation of knowing what's even real, like they used to keep slaves like we just passed Juneteenth, right? It's, it's supposed to be celebrating the end of slavery. We talked about that last week, right? I know, and but I still it, can't get over the friggin' the, the nomenclature Juneteenth like that. Like what? the? How does that? even have any kind of semblance of like because the people that are putting that type of shit and i'm just i'm just speculating here folks like it's not like i can verify but I, here's here's my guess lisa i'll say 
is that the type of folks that came up with the Juneteenth moniker or something like that, there were the same types that just got participation trophies throughout school. And then they got through college where everyone told them that they're super smart and they're going to make a difference in the world. And this is their, this is their place in life is to tell the rest of us fucks what to do. We're going to actually, we're going to examine a person in one of the articles of the big four here. We're going to examine a person that does just that. That tells people that they shouldn't do their own research and that you can't rely on people to know things and to know facts. Okay. All right. Well, where does can you get anything more unoriginal than naming a holiday because it, they want something because it just happens to be, well, we need a holiday. We're going to make it in June. <laughs> well, I, I do understand the I do understand the claim that's tied to specific dates because that that makes the intangible more real. Right. I mean, even if you look at, uh, you know, let's get get too dark and philosophical but we look at the moving around of where the actual birth of christ was and what date we celebrate is christmas like i think that there's a huge argument there of just like why we celebrate things on a certain date and what that signifies hell to me i mean for someone as ignorant as me i mean i bet you if we had uh silas guthier on again from silas speaks we haven't talked to him in a while i'm gonna have to hit him up um he would probably explain that there's like a like a numerical significance to why that they made it june 19th and what juneteenth even could signify like there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that i mean if we're talking about the intangible here we all attach meaning to things um because of dates because uh, like there's a reason why you have a birthday and an anniversary and the reason why we do a july 4th coming up right like those exact moments in time are gone the significance of those moments are gone. The times in which those people lived in and just like what those actions meant back then are long gone. We don't live in a society that even looks like that, even smells like that anymore, right? Like Nobody we're just history. Well, yeah, but it erased. I mean, I think that our, our show with Chuck sort of proved it is that history erases itself. History is a fucking etch-a-sketch and we're trying to hold it stable. Like we barely have a grasp on what happened to us in the past three years. Look, probably, I mean, think of the amount of information that was clearly destroyed on Hillary Clinton's server, <laughs> right? That's just one little part in a giant story uh, of the past several years that may end up being just a blip in history that people forget about. But that was an incredible amount of information that was erased. Think of the amount of information that was erased from the healthcare system, um, from the all the different counts that were done. Like I think of our John, uh, our friend John uh, Bodwin, uh, when I think of this, like because he he's been following the numbers there, and he's also been recently punished uh, for his uh, recommendations. I'd say on Twitter recently because uh, I think they suspended John. <laughs> Because he claimed that, you know, if Fauci is guilty of doing the crimes that he may be guilty of, that John just reminded people of what the punishment should be there. Now, I'm not saying that you should be able to openly call for violence on any platform. That is not the argument being made here. So anyone that's going to take that part of the argument against me, note that I said it, right? But hypothetically... If a slasher killer wearing a hockey mask murders a thousand people with a machete, when you capture said slasher in the hockey mask, 
what do you do with him? Do you keep him in a cell forever? I mean, you want to prove his guilt or innocence, right? In a court of law. Boy, isn't that a fucking shame. Um, so, but after you get past that point, see, you know, 12 jurors guilty on all charges, thousand counts of murder. What do you do with them? Do you hang them high or not at all? As the every time I die uh, song goes, I think it's pigs. That's a tough pigs or pigs. That is a tough choice. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I've I've had my mind sort of changed uh, slightly on the death penalty, and I think that the the stories that we're going to read about today, like if you fired a murder weapon in the court of law, and you were hung and put to death for that, and then it came out years on, later, based <laughs> on a jailhouse informant, no less. Oh yeah. But and then you were, yeah, you were you were put to death because of a, a man's testimony or a woman's, sorry, um, that the bullet that you supposedly fired matched the gun that was at the scene of the crime. But you didn't fire that bullet. May have been your gun. But you didn't fire that bullet. I mean, just. To me, like what what can be done with that when something is seen as so given, when people just wholeheartedly believe in the science, when people just wholeheartedly believe in the institutions and in their processes of what they do. Bless you. <laughs> I saw it coming. Uh, yeah, that was that was me earlier, man. I just woke up and yeah, that that summertime uh, pollination could suck it. Um, but it's not not too terrible right now. But anyway, um, that unwavering faith that people have that when somebody takes a stand and places their hand on a Bible, that they're telling you truth, <laughs> that when somebody is an expert to the court and they say that the bullets match and you hang and they weren't they they weren't from the same gun. You know, that's. That's something to me that. That has to be mind-changing because, I mean, that could be me. I have to put myself in that person's shoes, right? That's what really makes it real. You know, that that vicarious sort of imagination of putting yourself in that place. Like, what if the, what if the government wanted to set you up? Oh, so far-fetched. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Which actually would... You know, which kind of goes into the uh, uh, your first uh, category there with with Mr. Sam. What's his name now? Oh yeah, when you talk about being a fall guy, <laughs> I mean, when you talk about being a patsy, a, a straw you know, man, you know? Straw, oh yeah, yeah, swinging at air, you know, going after the wrong villain all the time. Have, have we done that throughout history? Or oh, manufactured <laughs> villain, by the way. I mean, to oh, me, truly. I mean, is it like M M L? Uh, yeah, M K Ultra. M K Ultra. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we're in we're in a different phase of it all. I mean, for what? And I, I've listened to um, actually a lot of Megan Walsh interviews this past week because uh, Lisa, you'd mentioned uh, to me off air that. Uh, that you had spoken with her. So I went and checked out some of her material and I got to say, like she talks about MK ultra stuff there too. 
And I would, I would love to have Megan on to talk about some of that stuff because that stuff does intrigue me along with the other topics that she speaks of. But on that note, though, like of what we know about with MKUltra, what's been documented, what has been researched and, and talked about on many podcasts, like Chris just had a, an excellent podcast with uh, the researcher Dana again, and they brought up a little bit of that stuff too. But just like, where's it at now? Like if we know if we know this from history that M what MK Ultra mind experiments were done on folks, um, you could just imagine. I don't think they stopped. I think they're on a whole different platform. Yeah. They're on a whole right, different wavelength right. with it by now. They have they've to like, be. They've like probably you know. I mean, they've just notched it up there, man. Yeah, I don't think that shit just went into a file bin and got stored away somewhere next to like Trump's Look fucking that. socks yeah, you, you and shit say, like that. Yes, Sadie knows. Like Sadie's like, yeah, I hear the frequencies because I'm a dog, and they're and they're fucking your mind with frequencies right now, and I'm listening to what they're saying and they're snickering about you, you know. <laughs> but I can't tell you because I'm a dog. <laughs> no, Lord only knows, right? I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, do they have do they have frequency uh weapons that they can use against us? I think they do. I think I've even seen documentation that they do. <laughs> yeah who, know, who knows if that's part of it well because um i've been hearing a lot about that havana effect thing mm -hmm. right the havana syndrome sorry i was taking a drink yeah but the havana syndrome um i think there was even a claim by at one point oh yeah john henry you want to hit um no camera on your end so your avatar appears Maybe I'm going to add you to the stream. Just make sure to have no camera. You want me to kill your camera? I don't know if I can kill your camera. No, I'm just going to add you. Boop. We got you. All right. What up, man? You're we're live. Howdy. <laughs> Lord Henry. Yes. We, we, were you in mid-bite there? Work. <laughs> I could tell that you're eating. <laughs> Yes. yes I am. Okay. Sorry. What do you mean? Please, is it good? Is it Steak good? Steak and rice, everybody. Steak and rice. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, my connection is not great, so I'm going to uh, listen in for as long as I can, best I can, and contribute if I can. Well, John Henry, just to catch you up on where we're going before we jumped into the big four this week, was uh, we're just having our open discussion, kind of like we do at the beginning of each episode, and we were talking about MK Ultra. And I was just saying that from all that we know, from like people that we've talked to, things that we've all read, and everything that's been documented by our own government about it too, um, that, boy, they got to be at a whole different level with it now. And I don't think it ever stopped. Like, and if it never stopped, like it, it, what's, at what stage like are we at now with it? Huh? Like, how, how absolutely insane. <laughs> what's up, Chris? And we have Sadie on camera. Can't nice. breathe. Yeah, Chris is having trouble breathing, John Henry. He's uh Chris is um bloated right now. Let's just say that. <laughs> Thank he's, you. He's, he's retaining some fluid. So we gotta we gotta get some we gotta get some diuretics to Mr. Graves here. Yeah, I'm um, ready to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna bow out, Chris? Oh, you wanna get rid of me? <laughs> no, hell no. No. I hear you. No, no, I just, I, I, now I'm legit worried about your health, brother. I'm yeah, don't worry struggling. about me. I'm, uh, I've been around for 40 years in this shithole. 
Anyway, so Mr. John Henry, we got to do some uh, audio commentaries if you're up for it. I don't know. We got to find some time for Mr. John Henry in the world. Oh, uh, he's out here right now. Oh no, he's here. He's just uh, he's probably mid bite, and he doesn't. I was just gonna say. Yeah, right. he's he's chomping on some steak right now, and uh, he right also now. doesn't have great reception. I'm but, uh, and I'm at work, so <laughs> the whole world's burning around <laughs> around me. Yes. So things are going well. Juggling plates, you know, while they're on okay. those little sticks. <laughs> Full blown chaos. It's the best. Oh, that takes me back, John Henry. Full blown oh, yeah. chaos. Oh, I'm gonna have to jam them today. Yeah, Who's everyone go check out a hardcore band whoop, called. Whoop. Uh, I don't think they were ever a juggalo band, but That's a good. singer, big old thick boy, look like our mutual friend from Carrick. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this guy's this guy's had some good slams. I liked the, uh, I liked um, there was like a a mix CD that Hot Topic used to sell back in the day, and that's how I found out about them because they were on that mix CD, and uh, I. I think I got to see them at Ozfest one time. Godsmack was probably on there too. I know I've seen them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Old school, old school. Uh, what 2000, 2004 through two thousand seven, like hardcore, like that God. that era. Th those those couple of years, a lot of great records came. I out remember nineteen ninety seven because it was three years before the end of the world at Y two K. Yes, no, for sure um 97 what was i listening to in 97 probably a lot of sound garden i'll be seven, honest with you. seven dust for me yeah. oh yeah 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 and it's a meat lejean with a spoon and in 97 uh, yeah and then later on in 2001 because i asked him if he uh signed away his likeness rights to be in that that chris rock remake of uh down to you or whatever or whatever the hell it was called down to earth down to earth yeah he because uh chris rock is watching denial the music video i believe in that movie and lejean told me a story about how his grandmother was at the movie theater and saw that and was like oh my god that's my grandson very random story but it was outside of lupo's in providence rhode island and i was with jen rindler and craig lavelli good times man i'm glad you remember that stuff they couldn't. They couldn't believe that I just went up to the singer of Seven Dust and just started shooting the shooting the shit. But to me, it was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. Oh, I mean, no, a lot of shit like that. Me. It populates my brain. No, because well, that that see, those positive interactions that you have with people like that, though, they stick with you in life. Like you know, when you meet when you meet people that you admire and they treat you like shit. Like it, it creates such like a bad taste in people's mouths. Like I still have people tell me about how they've had negative experiences meeting people in music. But when you have friendly ones though, like I've gotten, to, I've gotten to meet a couple different people that I grew up listening to. And, you know, at, at one point uh, at a show and it was for my birthday too. Um, I got to meet one of my favorite guitar players and the way that he I uh, wasn't Kurt. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. I met Sully Erna, and that wasn't a good thing. Oh, see, that's what I was talking about before. Because I was yeah, huge into Godsmack, dude. I think you know that. And yeah, uh, yeah. the album Awake was like huge in the year 2000. Oh, yeah. I took a bunch of pictures for uh, my friend Vinny, was uh, friends with the overnight uh, WAAF uh, 
DJ radio host at the time. And I think the radio host was more like just taking advantage of this kid because he was like 18. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, go get me some coffees and bring it back to the studio type thing. It was in, it was in oh, Boston. In- internships. Yeah. Intern, he was a glorified like fanboy, my friend Vinny. So he took me in there, and this guy named Jay something or other. It was the overnight thing, and we went to a, a club right right outside of Boston. And uh, Sully Erna from Godsmack and uh, Shannon Larkin, who was a sweetheart of a guy, he was the drummer that he was the original drummer, but he wasn't able to be with Godsmack at the beginning of their career. So he ended up coming in like for the third album. And he was actually the drummer for Ugly Kid Joe and things like that in the early 90s. And I really bonded with Shannon Larkin. And we were talking about Lane Staley, how he had just passed away because this was uh, this was in 2003, but Lane Staley had passed away in April of 2002. By the way, I have Lane's mother... Um, I have to record something with, I had to write up some questions for her because she doesn't like to be on the phone for too long. So her name is Nancy. But anyway, Sully didn't really treat me very well, but I was just taking pictures for the DJ friend of uh, WAF there and my friend Vinny or whatever. I don't know why I'm bringing this shit up. It doesn't really matter. But, no, uh, this is the conversations that I love, man, because uh, we're, we're walking through a memory with you. Like we're, we're with you like on the, on this journey, as you're describing this, I think we're all thinking back to like rather moments similar to that in our lives. You yeah. Know, where, we, where we were at like at those moments when we were younger, like that's, that's cool stuff to think about. Man. Well, this is 2003 that. and that's how old I am. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So Shannon Larkin was an accomplished drummer and uh, he was a sweetheart to me. Unlike Sully Erna, the uh, creator and singer and, lyricist or whatever for uh godsmack uh he's a shorter individual so maybe he had had that napoleon complex thing going on but i loved i adored godsmack at the time and they were a boston band so john henry and i have known people like that it's a point of pride just for uh you know the whole tribalism thing about where you grow up and things like that well stained also came kind of came out of massachusetts around the same time so um i'm gonna mute now so because i feel like an idiot no 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 i'm glad you brought up the tribalism stuff because yeah that doesn't just exist in politics folks that that exists in you know different forms of art music sports oh the sports team thing is the real one like that's especially with boston you know oh yeah it's not any clearer like people people just like if you if you want to go to like imagine going to an opposing team's stadium dressed in your favorite jersey that doesn't sort of belong in that crowd right like the colors clash like it's just you got people around you like spitting and screaming at you and other things like that like the people that do that stuff that's that's like that that's you know like the guy they call the greatest thing, of all time the goat? you know the goat the from the adam sandler cds no the goat you know in football the greatest of all time? Yeah, Tom Brady. Oh, goodness. He personally called me a fat fuck in 2001. <laughs> well, and he has deflated balls. So, I mean, I guess... So, there you go. 
<laughs> so it's just weird that this guy became like the biggest, literally the biggest athlete of all time. And before he was famous, he was calling me a fat fuck when I worked at a gas station overnight in Franklin, Massachusetts in 2001. It's just ironic. <laughs> I mean, in his defense, how was he saying it? Like, was he licking his lips and like giving you like the yellow cool J look? <laughs> in his defense, how fat were you? you fuck? Yeah, is he saying like, was he saying you stick? You know, he's just like checking you out. Like you're bending over to get him a pack of cigarettes, you know, from behind the well, counter. No, I literally, no, this is actually around, the, you know, it's weird because it was around the same neighborhood that Aaron Hernandez uh, lived in his condo before he went and executed that oh. guy in North Attleboro. Okay. I remember when they, I was driving the wheelchair van the day that they were transferring Aaron Hernandez from Fall River to Cedar Junction. Uh, that is a story that I would actually wouldn't mind seeing well, some he was into the illuminati into. yeah i was gonna say like they're to me like when, especially when they got into like they reminded me a lot of the chris benoit story that we talked about back on yeah. the wrestling special go check that yeah. out folks that was a lot of fun with, i was uh, at work Chuck driving and, i was driving back home on my break yeah. and uh they were transferring this guy at the time and i remember the uh, news helicopters following suit it was weird oh man then he went but, and hung himself. Supposedly, he drew like an Illuminati uh, pyramid or whatever, and in, in blood or something over his his um in his jail cell or something. I don't know. That was everybody so does that. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't that? I don't know why I'm that up, but yeah. I remember. I know the industrial park where he executed that guy too. Because uh, that was that was in the Shawshank director's cut, Chris. You didn't see yeah. that, you know. No, the old, the friend, old man just does like a fucking blood Illuminati altar uh, no, on the beam. Six, I'll tell you this: before he hangs himself, Triborough <laughs> Plaza was the place where he executed that guy that he ended up going to jail for. And me and my friends, we used to uh, go and get shit, you know, shit faced in the parking lot there. It was an oh, industrial okay. park in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Oh, John Henry and I have had times. It was so weird, dude, because then all of a sudden it was like this famous thing all of a sudden, you know? Oh, and man. I know exactly where he, Hernandez lives. Like, he had a condo in Franklin, I think, and that's where I got my first job. That's where I met Jen for the first time in uh, McDonald's in, like, 1998 or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to mute again because I'm an idiot. No, no, no. No, you came through the McDonald's of society and ended up being a fucking ace researcher and a pretty good dude so i know and i can't do much more than that <laughs> so i'm gonna mute oh yeah, yeah hold on before you mute how's your eyebrow doing <laughs> you want an update on your eyebrow yeah i don't it's even have i thought i had the extra pair of scissors to be able to finish the job and uh, right now I go on camera, but my face. Well, at least that's a valid question. Let's see you laughing. Is John Henry taking a shower, washing his bush right now? Could be. Gross. I really do know, buddy. Sounds like someone's taking a shower. It gets I humid you, when he's remote. Come in remote. Just bear with me. Back to the eyebrow. I'll put Johnny the flex. Yeah, How's your we'll, go with, we'll go with uh, I still have one eyebrow. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. That'll okay. be all. That was this week's eyebrow update. <laughs> Brought to you by Chris Grace. I'm, I'm coming to you from a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Maybe we could get some sponsors that way, huh? <laughs> so we could get some sponsors. 
<laughs> we need scissors. Play that right now. <laughs> I don't even have enough money to get another pair of scissors. Coming to you from a sacrificial submarine. I will say, um, I I saw some stories about it. I kept I kept the big four sort of all lumped together in one bigger topic for this week because uh, I, I think that helps the conversation more. Uh, but yeah, the submarine deal. Quick thoughts on that from everybody because uh, the Navy heard the implosion on Sunday. They drug it out for when the Hunter Biden whistleblower came out and got a sweetheart plea deal. It's fucking disgusting for them to pretend like there was a chance these people were still going to live. I also think they were sacrificed. So it's like the baby in a well type of story that everybody's just like in like, like balloon boy encapsulated by balloon yeah. boy. Like that disappearing, that disappearing plane, right? The M one thirty eight or whatever from like five years ago. That was Wonder Woman, plane? Chris. She has the disappearing plane. Imagine, you know, it would have been much better if they uh, did like ten thousand lawyers. Maybe that would have been more palatable. Ten thousand lawyers at the bottom of the sea, just. Did every what? <laughs> yes, thousand lawyers to screw in a light bulb or something, right? <laughs> I mean, you could do a, a a like a Terry Gilliam Brazil type movie based on that. Like, if the world was run by lawyers, and you could it could be a short film. What do you mean if? Oh yeah. Well, that's a that's maybe a good segue then uh, to maybe jump into uh, this week's big four and. Uh, let me get over to the screen share here. Get though. I don't know what that was. <laughs> that sounded like a balloon. Like a that balloon. is great sound effects, man. I'm telling you. That was that was amazing. That, that's organic. Yes. Chris Chris has the best sound effects on his shows. Like I yeah. I haven't even bothered putting together like a soundboard for this show because like between you and Tiger, Tiger's like old school clips. From from uh, movies and TV shows uh, are awesome too. I love that kind of stuff yeah, because yeah, people have yeah. like people have that emotional attachment to those nostalgic Gremlins. moments. Yeah. And yeah, oh yeah, with Gremlins too. Like yeah. I have, I have a lot of nostalgia with Gremlins for sure. Uh, I like the Goonies personally. Incredible. I'm a fan of the second Gremlins movie. I thought it had like such a social commentary. And it was meta too. It was like Wes Craven's new nightmare. It actually referenced the real world. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Lisa. Yeah, that's that's groundbreaking shit. And like being a kid watching that in theaters, like uh the brain gremlin, especially especially I'm trying to get Joe stuff. Dante on the show. He's the writer director of that and the howling, Joe Dante, you know, and the piranha. Oh, the howling dude. Oh man, that takes me back. Yeah. Wow. Joe Dante, dude. He he directed gremlins. Under, have you uh, ever seen Wolfen? Dude, how do you know about Wolfen, dude? That was like aliens plus werewolves in New York City, dude. Yeah, I wanted to watch it as a kid, and my dad was like, yo, you can't. There's a screenwriter that, that works it on was... it that I'm trying to get on one of the shows, dude. Yeah, it is brutal, folks. Like, if you if you're into the horror genre, it was especially before like Predator, the... too. You know how Predator had like mm -hmm. the Predator vision? It was the Wolfen yeah. vision, dude. Yep. Yeah. But when I finally saw it, cause I was, a, I mean, truth be told, I was quite a bad kid. So I, I did end up seeing the movie. I, I watched it and there's like ridiculous nudity, sex scenes in it. Like the changes, the violence and gore. Dude, Michael Keaton brings up Wolfen in, in that movie, the comedy, the dream team with Christopher Lloyd and Peter Boyle. 
Yep. He brings yep. up Wolfen where he goes, yeah, that movie Wolfen, yeah, it was filmed right here. And then he starts calling, arr, arr. he said, scaring them in the van. <laughs> yes. Just okay, I remember that again for the now. first time since like yeah. 89. I love the dream team too. That was so. When, is, when are we doing awesome. our first watch along, by the way? Oh, see, um, yeah, we should get that. We should get that figured out. Well, what I want to do with we the watch along. Friday the Thirteenth fan film uh, a while ago, Vengeance, and I had some good feedback on that. Yeah, well, I, I would like so the public ones, the ones that we'll do where uh, pretty much everyone can watch us. Um, I'd like to keep to like the stuff that doesn't have the the rights copyright stuff that will get us flagged. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and I think that would also create something interesting though, is I want to encourage people to do more shit that doesn't have the copyright attached to it because that that'll encourage more fan fiction. Like that'll encourage that instead of like the future of star Wars being in the hands of fucking Disney, that it's in our hands now because we can make our own fucking fan fiction. We just don't get the rights to it. And if, but if you're passionate about that art, if you want to see those stories get made, the people can donate, people can uh, donate their time, their efforts, their, their specialties, whenever it comes to that art and they can go and they can make those movies. I thought and that was the coolest thing about vengeance is how well done it was Lisa. with all the people involved in all those different movies too. Cause it was for charity. Yes. Think about that, dude. What could that do? Like I, if there was more of that going on, I, well, I'd be more six, welcome to see we something do, in theaters. Could we do a charity screening of Little Monsters or The Wizard? No, because I think that they're still copyrighted to something. <sighs> but here's my thought on it, though. Um, what if uh, we utilized uh, Streamyard and did like the private invites uh, that they offer? Yeah, but then do. there's only, but then that puts a cap on as many people yes. can watch it, though. That's the problem. Yes, but. But it would be sort of a thing that we would do for the audience. Like if the audience wants to be involved in those types of watch alongs, like yeah. if we're going to have like a big one, if we're going to schedule it on a date, it just occurs one time. It's not replayed. It's not recorded. It's just a one off thing that we do with our audience just for fun. Like a special thing. Because I'm not looking to make money off that. That's the thing with like the rights. Like if we no, got together and watched. Fun. Yeah. Like if we got together and just think about it, if we got to, together and just watched Wolfen together like a movie like that right and got to like pause it when we want and break down and talk about it and have conversations and just make it a hang and that was just like a one-off thing i don't think that would be well, wolfen has we're a not lot gonna of, monetize it right wolfen had a lot of inspiration on my werewolf thing i'm trying to get off the ground yeah and like we we have max invites with the platform like there there is going to be a limit to the amount of seats but you know, it was something too that maybe not everybody would be into or available for in that time slot. So we'd have to figure that out. But if we made it like an event to do that, we something that we did every couple right. months or whatever, you know, I'd be down with that. Well, for be sure. honest with you, I have there's a alien versus predator script reading we could do, and it's by the guy who actually wrote it in 1992, Peter Briggs. He's he's agreed to come on, but he's mm -hmm. afraid to come on right now because of the writer's strike in Los Angeles. Oh man, see that's that's another crazy thing too. That is he wrote a draft of Freddy versus Jason that he was gonna direct in nineteen ninety five too. That's why I reached out to him. Yeah. I mean <sighs> I uh I could have been wrapped up in that at some point. Um Freddy versus in, Jason? No, in journalism. Oh know, at, at one point I I may actually career in that. And then I can only imagine right now being part of that writer's strike. Like we're just you have to 
you know, be part of some some, some like type well, of this is like the screen you know, solidarity. Yeah, it's not things. so much the journalistic part, it's, it's yeah. screenwriters and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he actually was responsible for Hellboy coming to the big screen too, the guy that I'm gonna interview, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean those those types of those types of what I was getting at is those types of gigs, they have strikes and stuff like that. It's where you just like you have to like you're a scab if you go back still, right? We're we're still in that mentality with that type of action, that type of and it's political too. Like the the unions and politics. I mean, are there, is yeah. there any stories about unions and politics in, in Boston, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. There isn't. So moving moving on with the the big four then. Um, let's let's All talk right, I about. I gotta go puke again. Sorry. All right, do the thing. Um, be well. No, what movie is that from? Uh, Sam Bankman Fried. It says, according to uh, Fortune.com, scores a victory as prosecutors agree to withdraw five charges, including bribery, until next year. It's from Leo Schwartz, and may the Schwartz be with you. Now, oh no, it's going to get me with the subscriber stuff. I'm going to hit this button. So this is a little lesson for everybody. Um, if you get yourself, um, let me get off of here and then go and reshare this. But um, if you get yourself the little widget or um, what do they call it? Extension. There we go. If you get yourself the little extension uh, from what is uh, archive.today, you can find articles like this that are archived so you don't have to pay for this subscription just a little just a little nudge there for people a little nudge nudge wink wink but uh say no more uh last december in a scene that captivated audiences around the world the billionaire crypto founder sam bankman fried uh, was led away from his luxury apartment in the bahamas by authorities the disheveled 30 year old was brought to a bahamian jail where he was held for a week before agreeing to be extradited to the u.s as Department of Justice prosecutors continue to build their criminal case against Bankman Fried, which now includes 13 counts related to the collapse of his crypto exchange FTX, his extradition from the Bahamas has emerged as a thorny issue. Oh, little thorny. Uh, after law enforcement brought Bankman Fried back to the U.S. on eight criminal counts, including wire fraud and conspiracy, to violate campaign finance laws, prosecutors filed two superseding indictments with a total of five additional counts, including bank fraud and alleged bribery to Chinese officials. What? <laughs> um, now yeah, let me go you back. know what? Let me just say this, Six, um, in, in the uh, Twitter DM, okay? Mm -hmm. the, the most detailed information I have on this is from the SEC complaint. Okay, I think so. Uh, Lisa, I forgot to tell you because we got started a little late. The um, one link that you sent me said, "Oops, this can't be found." I'll, I'll show you in one moment if I can. Uh, here, let me uh, do this with this status though, and bookmark it. I'm bookmarking the uh, lobster salad. Uh, finally, getting to that. So, but um, no, let me go back to our messages here and see if I can find that. Um, and I'll show you what I mean in a second here. So you sent a link and I think it was that actually, can you send that link that you have to the StreamYard 
Messenger. Do you know how to do that? There's a private chat button over on the right um, that should be available. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, the justice.gov did not work. Did you say the sec.gov? Is that the is that the best one? Yeah, the sec one. Yep. Okay. I do believe, yes, I do have that one bookmarked. So let me go to that then. All right. Thank you. Yeah, there were a couple of the links that you sent me that didn't work. I didn't have a chance to like get them from you again. So uh, let me find that then. Um, that's going to be sec.gov. Here we go. Boom. All right. And you can zoom in a little bit here for the audience because I can barely see that shit. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now, this is from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. This is a press release saying that SEC charges Samuel Bankman Freed with defraud. Is it Freed? Fried? Fuck it. Who cares? With uh, defrauding investors in crypto asset trading platform FTX. Defendant concealed his diversion of FTX's customers' funds to crypto trading firm Alameda Research while raising more than $1.8 billion from investors. Now, this says Washington, D.C. from December 13th, 2022, okay? So it says the Securities and Exchange Commission today charged Samuel Bankman-Fried with orchestrating a scheme to defraud equity investors in FTX Trading Limited, uh, FTX, the crypto trading platform of which he was the CEO and co-founder. Investigations as to other securities, law violations, and into other entities and persons relating to the alleged misconduct are ongoing. Let me ongoing. stop you for one second. Please. Notice. Co-founder. We don't hear about it, the, the, any of his uh, supposed co-conspirators doing. The only yeah. one being, only one being indicted, isn't there? I mean, no, of course. It, and and you got to. What's really cool is um, when you go inside this uh, the S, this SEC uh, press release. It mm -hmm. also uh, goes to the actual SEC complaint. All right. And by the way, he uh, also uh, resides in Hong Kong. I didn't know that. Um, under what department is the SEC, Lisa? Are you familiar? I hate to put you on the spot with a question like that. But do you know what department that's under? Well, it's got to be. Oh, that's interesting. Securities and Exchange Commission. Let's see. Well, here we go again, right? So, um, like what governs them? Because and the reason why I ask and and I'll just I'll, I well I wanted it, to make sure to bring that up but, bureaucracy right I well mean, the the thing I wanted to get to in the fortune article the thing I think is probably the most Im important of like the counts of what he's being uh, charged for like for instance here is this line conspiracy to violate campaign finance laws okay if he helped get people elected. And those people that got elected are governing the, <laughs> you oh, know, the, the, his investigation. <laughs> then isn't that a conflict of interest, Lisa? Um, I, but he, and here's the thing. I'm sorry, but I haven't found exactly. They haven't exactly specified who they are. Well, now, what? How do you put that out there and not identify who the who the politicians were? Oh, yeah. Who were the beneficiaries? Were they the people in charge of the investigation is what I'm saying? Like who? If if the Department of Justice, if we're going to go with the argument that the Department of Justice falls under the powers of the executive branch. OK, 
and other people out there that may disagree, please correct us. But if it falls under the executive branch, in the executive branch here uh, was part of this conspiracy of Sam Bankman-Fried or who else, who knows, um, to get, say, Biden elected and Biden's in charge of, of this shit, ultimately, um, yeah, then they're just going to be like, okay, this guy gets to hang. Sorry. Sorry about your damn luck, Bankman Freed, Fried, who gives a fuck? Um, you know, I when mean, it comes nobody, to- here's the worst part is, is I mean, they, they actually, I think that they, they, they actually made this happen. They manufactured it. Well, and, and look at what we're looking at here. Look at the other charges. Alleged bribery. Are we reading a Biden story here? When we're, when we're hearing about alleged bribery from Chinese officials, when we're talking about money laundering, bank fraud, like doesn't this all sort of fall into the same old goulash of, you know, all, all of the corruption that's led us to the, the war in Ukraine? Like all of this, like of, of the war state from keeping things stable to keeping us on track for to fight this proxy war with Russia, that all of all of this. Like as as a big setup, as a big way to make sure that certain things happen with money and politically in this country. And then they have one little fall guy that this was it was just one bad apple, guys. It was just one bad FBI agent. It was just one rogue lawyer. It was just one bad judge. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Like the amount of money that came through this, this is a giant money laundering laundering operation that involved, I mean getting people elected. I want to know who those people are. That was a great point, Lisa. That was a great point. Um, any other, any other goodies from the, Oh, thank you for dropping the sec thing, uh, in the chat. I saw that you just did that. Thank you. Um, but no, the, um, any other goodies that you wanted to bring up from some of the other articles that you found Lisa or, or something about this before we, we move on with the big four. Well, I, I wanted that title, the first title, uh, first article really mm-hmm. tickled my phony, funny bone. What's the, uh, what's the um, title of it again? Um, this one up here, Sam Bankman Fried scores a victory as prosecutors agree to withdraw five charges, including bribery until next year. Okay. Can we, can we just talk about Thank how, you. Ridiculous, yeah. how ridiculous that title in of itself is? Why next year? And and but think about the word withdraw. People gonna like victory to withdraw, which means you would think it's going away. Well, oh, but until next year, I mean. And what, what magical happens F? next year? Isn't there a presidential race going on next year in which campaign finance uh, corruption would be a huge thing? The thinking that you know the people behind this money laundering operation are going to have to pay some sort of patronage to the state, to the deep state, to the Bidens of the world, to the other people to keep them in power, you know, and also the Republicans. Who the fuck knows? Who knows who he was paying off here? We don't know. Well, what also tickles my funny bone is the fact that some of these articles mention of obviously the Chinese connections in and Russia. <laughs> Well, because have they said where the money's gone yet? Where's all the money gone? Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Smoke and mirrors, right? No. 
Well, speaking of the smoke and mirrors, so here's I'm so glad you brought up this point, Lisa, because I almost forgot to bring it up all, all together. Um, I kind of I wanted to see if we could uh, shorten today's session a little bit, if possible, just because I know that Chris was feeling under the weather and we're not sure how long John Henry can hang out with us. But I wanted to get through a couple different topics. But with this one, no, it made me think that, well, why next year? Well, you can't just take a massive sum of money that's been siphoned away with this FTX thing, right? And transfer it all at once. That is way, way, way too obvious. <laughs> like somebody would know, if, like if they're ever looking on any ledger ever anywhere, and they'd be like, you're just scrolling by, you see like 75 cents, you know, 69.50, and then you see a couple billion, you're probably going to shit your pants. Like you'd be like, that's rather an anomaly. Like something's wrong with this program or someone just transferred a billion, you know, or so dollars. So why stretch it out till next year? Well, cause you can make payments in smaller quantities. You can spread things out amongst different entities and different networks. You can launder the money through all different sorts of means. Wait, and But what's so, so disgusting. I mean, victory. And victory it gives you more what? time to burn the fucking evidence. If you haven't, picked up what these fucking creeps do by stalling in the courts because it gives them more the more time that exists between the crime that was committed and the time it gets to be talked about in court the more time they get to erase history lisa they get and to we'll erase never, evidence ever, but and you notice we'll never ever get to find out the real uh like he's just a front i mean he's just like you know again the straw man we'll never ever get to know the real deal of behind behind this FTX crap. Well, and it goes back to um, a couple of the other stories that we've talked about here on past Big Forest. The reason why we'll never know um, what's going on, like if we're going to rely, and I'll say we'll never know, like as an ultimate. No, we may know, uh, and what the hell do I know? But um, when it comes down to allowing the institutions to tell us what really happened in history. Good fucking luck there, folks, um, because the institutions were involved in this story. Like the institutions benefited from this story. They don't they don't want you to know how dirty they are. They don't want you to know where Sam Bankman Freed and all the other people's money that was involved in this scheme. They don't want you to know or understand that. All they want you to understand is this was one bad apple. This was one bad guy that just did this corrupt thing with finance that we're not even going to fucking explain to you, but we're going to have a speedy trial. <laughs> we're going to yeah, make sure that he goes trial. away forever. And maybe he'll slip on a bar of soap or something like that. You know, oh, maybe the cameras what? will go off. You know, I just it, found it. I just found out who, who the supposed uh, co-founders are. Oh, uh, Just scrolling through the, um, the uh, SEC complaint itself. Okay. Gary Wang and Nishad Singh. Okay. So Gary Wang and Nishad Singh. Let's do yeah. let's do an internet search. Can you spell one of those names for me? Because those are sure. some, some names. Gary G-A-R-Y Wang W-A-N-G. Oh, so they threw a little Wang in there. All right. Everybody's a little Wang Chung tonight. And right. um well, let's let's pull that one. Up. Let's pull this one up first. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go to uh, share screen. Boop. All right, and then I'm gonna have to really kick that up. 
there we and go. Supposedly, Wang only owned ten percent. No. Sam supposedly owned ninety percent. Mm. And Wang owning ten percent. So that's interesting. Okay, ninety plus ten—that's a hundred. So how do you get Nishat Singh in there? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. Uh, pardon me one second. I'm not sure how to get John Henry out of here because uh, his devices are no longer connected. I think he dropped on us. Um, yeah, give me one second. Oh, no, I see him back. He's back. All right, John Henry, you are back on. <laughs> it said your device dropped before, and I wasn't sure how to get you out of there. So, but we got I've you back. On. I've been listening. Excellent. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we just looked up Gary Wang. So uh, this is from the summer. I want to point out too, uh, we've used Brave Talk in the past to record these shows and we've since moved on to StreamYard. I like the StreamYard thing better for what we do, but um, Brave has an excellent AI summarizer that uh, when you're looking things up, we utilize this whenever we were doing like the uh, Mandela Effect game show with our friend Chuck Ocelli. Go check out his stuff over at Ocelli.com. You also find our friend Chris there too with his show Get Mad. But um, now this one says Gary Wang is an American business person, best known for his former role as an executive at cryptocurrency firm FTX. He was ranked the 227th richest American in the Forbes 400. And the 431st richest person in the world by the world's billionaires before FTX's collapse in November of 2022. Now, before co-founding FTX, it says that Wayne worked at Google Flights. Oh, so Google, the company born out of our, what uh, what was it, DARPA? You know, out of, of those experiments and social experiments on people and around the world. Um. No fucking, no, no yeah, <laughs> not shocked that, that there's a Google connection here, but also building systems for aggregating prices across millions of flights. So controlling movement. <laughs> and here's oh, what's man. interesting. It says in the complaint, Wang handled the engineering and programming functions. Think of the market manipulation, though, there for a second of something like if you're Google and you get to aggregate that much information about pricing of flights, like, I mean, John Henry, you're very well traveled. So if, I mean, if I if I needed to rely on somebody to find me the cheapest airfare, you first motherfucker I call. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you have all of the reach that Google has and, and especially like into federally regulated systems, right, when it comes to. Air, air air travel and all that information like that's sensitive information of what what's leaving where and how how that's working what times and all that kind of stuff right so if you if you had that sort of ability like the average person doesn't have an imprint like that um you get to sway a market because of the way you display pricing just as google gets to affect the, the way people think nowadays because of what appears in their searches so that's why i encourage people to look outside of them if if they can uh, for, for information as much as possible. But, um, now this also says that, uh, he was a critical player during the rise and fall of SBF's crypto empire. Oh, and by the way, uh, he uh, supposedly, free. There we go. he supposed, uh, uh, Sam's supposedly began working on this, uh, quote unquote crypto asset trading platform 
beginning in 2018. Hmm. Oh, 2018. Hmm. Just a point of reference. Yeah. So, I mean, was this, uh, yeah, conspicuous timing? I guess you could say that's it's important. You know, if you're going to develop a case on anything, timeline is important, right? Um, but also says, uh, lastly, here in the summarizer, after pleading guilty to fraud in December of 2023, so he pled guilty. What does that mean, Lisa? Does that mean that, does that mean that they got to see all the facts um, in the case? You know, that, that, does that mean that uh, you know there was an actual case presented even, or was it just like boom, boom, sign here? Right? On your way, sir. Right? How many? Well, ju look, just like this uh, Biden uh, plea thing, right? Yeah. Um, what was supposed to happen before the plea thing? Um, I'm sorry, but I didn't hear of anything about indictment. Well, and let me ask you this, Lisa, when it talks about conflict of interest, it says right here, Wang is said to be cooperating with the prosecutors. Who do the prosecutors work for? <laughs> Do the prosecutors work for the people that say that this person helped get elected by helping them launder money or maybe not even help them get elected, maybe help them go to war in Ukraine? Like th think of like all of the backroom fuckery that exists um, in going and fighting these proxy wars that we've fought as a country. Oh, you remember know. that uranium thing there? <laughs> oh, the uranium one deal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this goes, I mean, uh, for the people right now that may be a little confused at what we're talking about um, with what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia, um, that these, these things have been uh, in place for a long time. These plans, uh, these, these, movements uh these these acts of aggression the 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 signing of documents all all the fucking saber rattling the talk of nuclear war you know it reminds me of the ocelli commercial he runs the nuclear holocaust thing <laughs> but it's just you know for for all of the big talk and like when i look at like if i go to youtube and just look at some of like the bigger more right-wing commentators there and what they're talking about and they're, they're talking about going to the edge of nuclear war with, with these people. Like, th th these are plans. These are plans that have been in place for a long time where they're moving pieces around in the background. And what concerns me about that is, especially when you look at how much of a conflict of interest exists within our own justice system, am I supposed to take for granted that the people moving these pieces around in the background, might I add, illegally, if, if we're going to talk about like when it comes to war crimes, when we're talking about acts of war, when we're talking about what we what we fund, what we send there, um, our dealings with people. And this this goes to our presidency, too, for certain. Uh, this goes exactly to, um, you know, the story with Hunter and everything, uh, because Hunter and the reason why he's going to take plea deals. And we'll get to this in a moment after we search the other name. But. Just to get the thought on my head, the reason why he's going to take these plea deals and cooperate with the prosecutors is because that also buries all of the other evidence, Lisa, that would that would be presented in a trial that would that any defense attorney worth their salt, as we've learned over the past several months, if not a year now, <laughs> Lisa, that on this show that 
with with the way that the system works is that if these people plead guilty, we as the people will never see the true evidence. It'll never make the light of day. We'll never even see the state's case against them fully. More importantly, they'll never get to see the cover up by the actual government. Yeah, because the prosecutors will only be able to offer certain that they don't need to show all the evidence, do they, Lisa? They just need to show enough evidence to get their per <laughs> the person that they're going after buried. It's the defense that's supposed to ask for all the evidence. And also, they rarely do in some of these cases because, again, the evidence would actually be shown. <laughs> God forbid. And that would give up the that would give up the system. That would give up the work that's going on, in my opinion. People would see that shit and they'd be go, oh, this leads further. And you don't want people pulling on those threads. You just want people thinking that it was just a group of guys like this that were just trying to get rich quick. And nobody else in the state, nobody else benefited, nobody else got promoted, nobody else got their job in the SEC or the FBI or any of these other institutions because somebody got voted in. And just the, the the fallacy of that too that we'll talk about in the next article. But what was uh, let's look up let's use summarizer one more time before we move on, Lisa. What was the other name there besides uh, Mr. Wang? Um, Everybody, uh, Wang Chung tonight. Uh, <laughs> okay, Nishad N I S H A D. Oh, hold Singh. on one second. N I S H. Oh, let's do it again. N I S H A D. A D. Yep. Nishad. And then what's the last name again? S I N G H. Nishad saying, "Wow, what a uh, what a collection!" Now the guy. Now what see, a rainbow he's a, collection. He's supposedly, a, he's supposedly a founder, but no equity whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah. Is that a little suspicious? Yeah, former FTX director of engineering, Nishad Singh, has pleaded guilty. Now, Singh, I think, John Henry, you're very worldly and well-traveled. Singh would probably be someone that's like a Sikh, maybe, with a name like that. or I don't know. Has pleaded guilty to six criminal charges, including wire fraud, commodities fraud, securities fraud, uh, money laundering. Woo, there you go. That's what we've been talking about. Oh, and campaign finance violations. Now, Singh, who had 7.8% stake in the crypto exchange. Oh, and then Chud has arisen. Welcome back, Chud. Welcome back to life. Yes, eaten back to life. Who did that, Chris? <laughs> you talking about Chud? Yes. <laughs> 1984, Daniel Stern, Parnell Hall, Shepard Abbott. Been trying to get the rights to that for a long time for Chud 3. Kevin Smith even talked about it. Sorry. Fantastic. Sorry, um, and, and while we're having this little sidebar here, um, aren't you having somebody on at 3? Marshall Bell, if you'll have me. I don't know if you're uh, not going to want me to, to do that live or not. I mean, I want you to do it live. Your body may not want you to do it live, brother. That's it. <laughs> you know, I'm more concerned about you. I, I, I can set it up. I hope that you have the conversation. I want it to be a great one. I just, you know, I just want you to feel better, brother. Um, but 
let's let's talk about this person. We looked up a Mr. Wang before, so everybody has to Wang Chung tonight. But we're Whoa. we're moving on to uh, Mr. Singh. So we have a Wang, a Singh, and a and a Bankman Freed uh, all walk into a bar, and apparently uh, buy off elections because that's what they're being accused of, right? If we're to trust what what's being claimed against them, in all. more shell corporations, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, and, but we're supposed to believe, Chris, um, in case you didn't hear, that the state that claims these things about them, that the people that got elected because of them are in no way involved in the investigation or the, the settlements, the pleas, what's being offered. They have no influence in the prosecutors. They have no influence on the defense attorneys whatsoever. These powerful people that got elected with our, with our, you know, with our magical votes that we that we do. Yeah. <laughs> but um no with uh with this Mr. Singh, um it says that um uh, no, I didn't know. I was talking about Mr. Witherspoon earlier and I didn't know if I was out of line. He was uh, the singer of Seven Dust. Oh that Lejean Witherspoon. Uh, you see, you have to you have to denote because um there's also uh, another Mr. Witherspoon who's uh since passed, and I believe that was John Witherspoon. And uh he yeah, was fantastic on Friday. Brothers. Yeah. Mm. Oh, enjoy the Wayans Brothers stuff too, but um, no, he was in Little Nicky too. Ah, yes, Little Nicky. Oh, and the, um, Jay uh, Ferrera was the DJ at WAF, by the way. Okay. Uh, Two thousand three, that I was taking the pictures for WAF of Sully Erna at the club. I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but I am just you. Why am I on camera? I am bloated as fuck. I mean, you look symmetrical, if that helps. Uh, I don't know. I'm dying here, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, let's let's not do that. Um, let's let's focus on. Can I just uh, say this? Losing uh, the water I'm, weight. I'm kind of you know, speaking. Lisa like got pissed at me because of the oh. my guests that I have on digging Chris Graves, like Christina and stuff. I'm not so, pissed. Mm -mm. Uh, you were saying that she was a shell and things like that. And oh, I, I got mad earlier. I don't know. I was just like, let's see the evidence. That's all. No, I was, I was right. No, wait, 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 wait. We got to go back because it was just. Well, my I'm afraid to have Dana on now. No, uh -huh. Lisa, Lisa was talking about Jim Jordan. Lisa was talking about like people. Like the no, popping yeah, up people yeah, like Jim Varys. Jordan as no, as, no, no, as a solution. No. I know exactly what it was. Yeah. Radix Verum. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I, no, I, the, I was because I, she I, did a couple of model sessions or something. She's a shell. No, and Dana. Dana wanted to come on, I think, and uh, I don't know. That may have scared her away. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, that wouldn't make no sense. So I don't think that was that was really the point of well, conversation. The whole shill thing, you know. Wait, wait, wait! Our private DM thing. I never publicly said anything about whatever. My, uh, I just raised the thing. With, There's no uh, shill evidence, is what I'm saying. No, man, no. But I think the way things go there is that, um, we all no, get. No, I was just pointing out her naivete. My that's the only thing I've ever publicly her naivete. Yes. Well, she's yeah. like, you know, so fun, she's Which so fun, fun with the naivete. That doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. If you think that propping up people in government to solve the problems of government 
is a solution. Was she doing you may that, think six? that that's naivete. Six. No, is but she it could doing be doing that at all. It could have been interpreted that way. Yes, absolutely. It okay. could have been interpreted that way. Absolutely. By by and, and no, but that's the thing. That's the silly thing with reap. I know everyone's and a psyop and like everything's a shell. No, okay. absolutely not. I understand. No. Absolutely. No, no, because that's taking it to the extreme, of course. When you take things to the extreme like that, that's where okay. All right. Well, he's going through some issues, folks. Just let him go through it. All right. But um he was it says with uh FTX here that Mr. Singh uh he was charged with the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, for his role in a multi-year scheme to defraud equity and investors in FTX. The plea agreement requires Singh to work with federal prosecutors as they pursue the billion-dollar fraud case against them. All right. So we got through that one. Let's go on to the next of the big four, shall we? Um, and this one is from NBC News. Wow, is this a shit article? Um, just to prepare everybody, like we're going to, we're going to delve into the upside down world that people exist in and which they believe in these two different tribes and these two different parties. And Lisa, this is what you were talking about when you talk about na naivete, right? You know, we're not, we're not judging people just as that we have to. Okay, so he's going through some issues. What are those issues, Six? You're going through some health issues, man. It's it's apparent because yeah, you just told us about them. Just leave him alone. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Just in case anybody wants to say anything, dude. You you have you have some physical issues right now. Like I think that that's more important than discussing anything else because it's important to us all here that you take care of yourself and take care of the issues. Oh yeah, it has nothing to do with the, some of my guests uh, being accused of being shills, right? Well, no, not accused. Wait, for the record, I have never said that she was a shell, okay? No. And I'm I, I, the only public thing that I put out there was the fact that she was being naive well, about- she didn't want to come on here? Well, if somebody's willing- if somebody's challenging you, that, Yeah, if somebody's challenging your perspective, Chris, like if someone thinks that your perspective or anyone else's here- it has a perspective that we're naive. Not my perspective, buddy. I know it's not. I know it's not. But somebody's allowed to have that perspective. Like if people in our audience think that I'm naive on certain points. Lisa thinks everything's a psyop. <laughs> is that not I correct? Mean, I mean, a lot of stuff is. <laughs> to be fair, right? <laughs> a lot of stuff is, including this article. This fucking article is a psyop, Chris. Like if if um, let me read through this bullshit. We have the evidence for that six. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Well, where we do, is actually. it? Where is Here this it is. evidence then? That this article is a psyop. I'm going to show you. Um, it says uh, from NBC News: Hunter Biden plea deal sparks political fight over independence of the justice system. How can the justice system have any independence at all? It's governed by something. Now, we believe here on the show because of what's been evidenced by, you know, let's just say how the government is laid out, how the bureaucracy works, that the, in, the justice system is under the executive branch. Now, I will put it out there for anyone to argue otherwise, if they can show me documentation otherwise, that the Justice Department, the Department of Justice, whatever semantic argument. Okay. Um, if, if you want to argue that it's completely independent of any governance, that, that it doesn't have anything like 
the president of the United States in control of it. And this would even lead to a lot of, Chris, of what you've brought up about former President Trump in the past. This, I think, would validate a lot of your claims, my friend. Because with something like this, that means that Trump was in charge of the people investigating him the whole time. Now, what would that mean to you, Chris? Would that mean that he was in on it? Would that mean that he was, you know, and that's a possibility. That's not a given. But that would mean that he was at least aware of what was happening to him. Was he using that as a plus? Was he using the persecution as a ruse, as a work? Like something like in wrestling, was was there fake heat there between him and the Justice Department, all to bury other stories like, you know, let's just say, Epstein connections or other things? Was it there to keep the war machine going? Was all of this about Hunter's laptop, the election, um, our our involvement in Ukraine? Was it all part of one giant scheme that's going to lead to pretty much a world government? Run by the banks? Maybe, but let's read on. Um, it says here from Washington, uh, this is, by the way, this is from Peter Nicholas and Catherine Doyle, who do a fucking awful, awful fucking job. Um, I feel for people that rely on shit. Let me, let me zoom in a little bit more for the audience too, but I really do. I, I mean this sincerely. I feel for people that will read this and think that this is objective news reporting because it's not um, Democrats see the outcome of Hunter Biden investigation as proof that the judicial, the judicial system is fair and independent. Not even a president's son can escape the consequences of criminal behavior. Don't you love how they just wrap it up with a bow right there in the first paragraph do you think that even like the average schmuck that would maybe even go to an NBC news that thinks that this is still real news would read even further? What else do you need to know? You minimize and dismiss. That's what people do. So they take things like this and they just look at, look at it through a very, very simple lens. And then from that simple lens on, um, they just move about their day. They just, you know, they forget about it. That's, that's all you need to know that the, even this president's son, they got them. The good guys won. They always win. They always get their man. Just like in the movies. All pretend. Now it says, former President Donald Trump and his Republican allies aren't satisfied. Arguing that a plea deal resulting in misdemeanors and no jail time smacks of preferential treatment for a powerful family. <laughs> Here we go. The best fallacy ever. Voters will ultimately referee the dispute. Did I get a referee jersey in the mail that nobody told me about? Like, is there a package on my porch that I haven't seen? <laughs> like, where's my referee jersey, Lisa? I don't I don't know where it's at today. But, uh, you know, as far as being a referee, I don't think like I've been a good referee here on the show, let alone, like, voting for what happens in, in my country. <laughs> Yeah, let's get that Vince McMahon voice on, will you please? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gotta be so hard on the throat when he like introduces like the WrestleMania. You know, like, oh God, can't even do it. But in a typical campaign season, it says crime and punishment are topics that the parties debate in the abstract. Wait a minute, why? 
<laughs> Are you saying that the current justice system and the way that it works is incomplete? You know, why why are we still having the why are we still having the debates, right? People are in jail doing their time because that's where they're supposed to be. People are are being punished for crimes because those crimes are really heinous and everything like that. You know, like all those dr drug crimes and stuff, right? Um, all those victimless drug crimes. But uh, no, it says, should there be more funding for police? Question mark. Uh, shorter prison sentences for nonviolent offenders. This time, the two front-running candidates, President Joe Biden and Trump, are dealing with the judicial system in the most personal and intimate terms imaginable. Oh, let's look into that. It says Trump has already been twice indicted. I like how they lead with this. Okay. Look at how much of the first paragraph is dominated talking about Trump and then what's left for Biden. Okay. Here's, here's your, here's your landscape Boop. of that division. All right. Minimization. So Trump has already been twice indicted. So twice is a lot. Once in connection to hush money payments to a porn star. Again, the characterization is great. And once for alleged mishandling of classified documents. Okay. But let me just say this about, about his indictments. I'm just going to say, um, not, you know, not that he should be indicted. Okay. Let's just say, I'm not saying he should be indicted. I'm, but let's just say this. Uh, if it were normal, every other day citizens, our asses would be sitting in jail. I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the 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 problem that we're that we're seeing here is that the way that this is explained to people through the media of what Trump is going through and the persecution of Trump is that um, well, a lot of it is empty charges, which for a while may seem very very grave and very very concerning. Right to use his uh, <laughs> his way of describing things, <laughs> his favorite descriptors. But uh, you know, for the while, so while the while the sky is falling, and um, you know the country is falling apart, and things are spiraling out of control, you can always donate to Donald Trump to make sure he gets back into office, and he's going to set this all straight. Because oh, you he's... see how that works. I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, how much? But how much do his lawyers really need to be paid? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, these, these legal defense funds, um, you know, it's getting a little irksome to me. Well, I mean, and forget about what they're getting, you know, I mean, what they're getting paid for, what do they serve <laughs> is the other question. Because, you know, if you're looking at the common practice of what most people, even lay people like myself, would suppose that a defense attorney would do. Would they do the shit that Donald Trump's lawyers do? <laughs> I mean, would they do any of the shit that Trump, Donald Trump's lawyers do? I mean, PT Parnum. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and to tell the audience, I mean, when you when you talk about uh, accepting certain deals, whenever it comes to uh, th evidence that you don't ask for. Uh, what you don't present in trial, who you don't question, what uh, just what you don't file in time, um, just the, the litany of fuck ups. Um, just if you look at the election too, the way that the election argument was handled and the lawyers involved there. Ooh, geez. 
Wow, you start to get into some really murky waters there, don't you? Arguably, you begin to wonder, are they quote-unquote fuck-ups, really? Um, I would suggest that it ain't just ineptness. It's, you know, and it's incredibly hard to read motivations, right? It's incredibly hard. Um, and no, Chris, you're not a loon. <laughs> no, Chris, uh... I'll, I'll resend you the link. I don't know if something happened, but yeah, you're more than welcome to jump back into the conversation, man. Here, let me do this real quick and make sure that I have it copied. So, but yeah, I'm going to send Chris the link again. Here, Lisa, one sec. This is not a loon. However, he's very good at remembering things. I'll tell him, I'll, I'll tell you that whenever it comes to like past experiences in life to be able to remember the names of all the people that were involved when he got to meet Salierna. That's a skill folks that you can't teach that <laughs> as a wrestler would say. But um, now with Trump already having been twice indicted, it says once in connection to hush money payments to a porn star. Again, this is just, that's not like to, to be more explicit here, I think would be important like what the actual charge was, like they summarized it here. It's not that he didn't do that, <laughs> but it's just the summary doesn't educate the audience is what I'm getting at, Lisa. But um, And once for alleged mishandling of classified documents, and that's another one too that just, okay, so who, all, who has ultimate powers over who gets to declassify documents then? If it's not the executive branch and it's not the president and it's not this piece of paper saying that he can, then what the fuck does? And, and then why why is the state having an argument with the executive branch over that too? I don't get it. Uh, the way that this is being used is really stupid. Now, it says also that and remains under investigation at the federal and state level over his attempts to reverse his 2020 election loss. Uh, just as we talked about, he has denied wrongdoing in all instances. Well, I'm glad at least that they mentioned that um, and not just suppose that he was. But it says that Biden's son, Hunter, struck a plea deal in which he will have to admit to a pair of misdemeanor charges. Just, that's just little small charges. Yeah. And again, again, uh, uh, before we haven't seen the indictment, have we? Well, it says, of just, to have the indictment first. Well, of just failing to pay taxes, court records show. We're not, they're not even going to show those court, show those court records here <laughs> either. Look, they can put a little hyperlink for plea deal. Tickle, but, tickle me with a feather. Yep. Uh, now that that leads me to a, a quick sidebar here. I'm gonna go and bring up this article because uh, I want to have people see this one too before we move on to another subject in a moment. But um, this one from Daily Mail I got just recently. It says Hunter Biden failed to pay taxes on 8.3 million in income. <laughs> now. If you go back to the previous article, let's just, can we, there, there we go. Just a pair of misdemeanor charges of failing to pay taxes. That's all you say. That's all you say. Failing to pay taxes on $8.3 million. How the fuck did he get that money, folks? You seen those pictures from the laptop, Lisa? You seen the M&Ms? Like that guy, $8.3 million. Who the fuck would pay that guy to do anything but get the fuck away from them? What a creep. But $8.3 in income and the DOJ rejected U.S. attorney bids to bring charges in Washington, D.C., in California, 
IRS whistleblowers reveal and bombshell testimony. Now it says in you the know, bullets. <laughs> Go ahead. What a is it, it's all pretense to pretend like, oh, look, we're doing something. <laughs> now, and in one of these cases, too, the actual whistleblowers, you know, because it's not like the the average public knows, like. Go ahead and ask somebody that you know that doesn't pay attention to politics. Ask them, ask them who Eric Cherimella is. Like, you, that there's no fucking way in the world. Even people that do ask them and see what happens, they might not know. That was the supposed whistleblower for the whole first Trump impeachment, folks. And he works or worked, works, whatever, with the CIA and at some point with Joe Biden, too. You know, you think that there was. That's a, a funny about, that's a very funny thing about labels, you know? We can just, you know. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, you could just remove want, right? that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm no longer a that. I'm a this now. Okay, yeah, sure. Sure you are. Yeah. But um, it says, uh, David Weiss allegedly uh, tried to bring charges against Hunter in Washington, D.C. and California in the fall of 2022 and had that request denied in January of 2023. Why would that have happened? What said the unverified, so we have to make note of that, but the unverified testimony dropped as Hunter Biden enters into agreement that we'll see him plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax crimes like we just mentioned in the last article. But he said he will also avoid prison on a felony gun charge as part of diversion program. Okay, okay. Um, we We have a friend with uh tmp that messaged me this week and talked about the what would be what would be done to him if he were found guilty of the same felony gun charge like what he had endured um and just what 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 you can imagine that like you said lisa that's one of the more important parts to keep in mind here too when we talk about these big stories and these big national headlines and the stuff that affects things like presidencies, the things that will go down in history books and maybe even disappear from them, is that when done to the average person here, when when given that same power, that the, the justice system destroys people's lives. Why didn't it in this case? Was it protecting the president's son? Was it protecting itself? Was it protecting all the guilty? Because I think there's many, many guilty. Here. Right. I mean, uh, now it says the house the system itself. What people don't see that that and, and that's the thing that's very frustrating when I'm you know going through uh, social media and such that people keep on thinking, oh, that the the system like is actually going to work. Like like there's actually. Like it's actually functional. It's just, you know, that's. Hmm. Now, it does say that the House Ways and Means Committee released bombshell. Now, there we go. Use of that word. That's not an objective word. Uh, new whistleblower testimony Thursday claiming that Hunter Biden failed to pay taxes on $8.3 million in income and the Department of Justice denied attempts to bring charges in other states. That the testimony revealed that U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the Trump era holdover, because that's supposed to be a factor too. Like, just imagine that whenever you go to, and I've had this argument 
you know, being made about, you know, why you go and vote in the elections. It's not because of this, it's not because of that, but think of the judges. Well, yeah, think of the judges. If judges are political, right, based on who you elected whenever they got put into power, like if you're just supposed to rely on that faith, that, that they have no agency, that they're just they're they're supposed to be loyal forever to Trump because that that's who got them in. I mean, I, you're asking a lot. You're stretching a lot there. Um, but it says holdover who prosecuted the case against Hunter Biden allegedly asked for special counsel status and was denied by the Department of Justice. Now, Weiss also allegedly tried to bring charges against Hunter in Washington, D.C. and California in the fall of 2022 and had that request denied in January of 2023. But Weiss said in a letter to lawmakers earlier this month, the DOJ granted him ultimate authority on when and where to bring charges. So did they? <laughs> now, and also, where's that at? <laughs> now, I don't know if the letter was attached in this article, folks. It said, all amounted to conduct the longtime IRS investigator Gary Shapley said amounted to preferential treatment for the president's son. Now, here's where here's where the work is. Making it just about that. Making it about just how one side treats another, making it about who who said what to whom and like what what was what was done um in in preferential treatment of one side. Yeah. You can show that. But that's all part of the bigger work of it all. Like, of course, they're going to pre prefer one side to another at the, at some point. But ultimately, whose side are they on? <laughs> like, whose side is the IRS investigator Gary Shapley on? Can you tell me? You know, is, is, is somebody just going to read that because he's doing this, that it's pointing out something other than trying to frame the story as a preferential treatment? from an institution other than the fact that the institution itself is guilty of crimes and, and has been part of the greatest cover-ups of crimes, especially as of late. So it says attorney general Merrick Garland just said Wednesday vouched for Weiss saying he had given him full authority to decide how to handle the situation. And that's what he's done. Garland said, so say no more. <laughs> we gave him the ultimate full authority so why is the claim now that they weren't allowed to go to certain places? Now, it goes on to say that the unverified testimony came into two IRS whistleblowers as news broke this week. that Hunter Biden had agreed to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax offenses while dispensing with a gun charge against him. Likely allowing him to avoid prison time. So all that, no prison, folks. No prison at all. Is that because the system has preferential treatment towards a president's son? Yes, that's partly true. Of course they do. But why? Just because he's the president's son? Or is it because he was involved in starting a proxy war with Russia that's part of a greater um, energy and banking, ultimately, uh, system that awaits us? That's my argument. Get at me in the comments. Now, it says Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith, R. Missouri, I believe, uh, revealed that in a press conference that two IRS employees had claimed that the agency sought federal charges against Hunter Biden for attempting to evade taxes and making false statements. 
But according to Smith, the whistleblowers, one of whom the committee later identified as Shapley, thanks committee, uh, said Hunter failed to pay $2.2 million in taxes on $8.3 million in income from foreign entities in Ukraine, <laughs> China, and Romania. Well, geez, why those places? Uh, was Biden, as vice president, involved in any of those countries? Hmm. Who's all involved in this scheme now? Would it be those countries? Would it be why we're at war with Ukraine? Would it be why we're talking about uh, planes or drones, buzzing planes um, near in the South China Sea? I'm hearing right, right-wing commentators talking about the war drums and stuff going on with Taiwan and what we do and if we're big pussies or not and like how whatever they, yeah, yeah, because we're involved in those things, been involved in those things. And who's part of those backroom deals? Who's over there negotiating for us? Is it our elected officials? Or do we have people involved in very important companies that are related to the people in our government? That are help moving messages, threatening people, you know, getting money moved around too, just like we talked about with FTX. Let's read on. So the, his guilty plea this week only related to a 1.5 million in unreported income. So they shrunk it from eight down to less, you know, less than two. Great, over eight, less than two. That's a good deal. Uh, Smith said the testimony also shows the DOJ sought to delay the investigation long enough to reach the statute of limitations. Boy, haven't we seen that one before? <laughs> Wasn't there another recent story that we just covered here on the show where just, you know, the statute of limitations just expired? <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? Yeah, we'd have all this evidence and we'd have people dead to rights. But you know what? The statute of limitations, man. Now, it also divulged uh, sensitive actions in the article by the investigative team to Biden's attorneys. So you mean that they clued in the attorneys? Where did we see this? Another J6? Uh, cases, Lisa, you know, where like the the investigative attorneys were being uh, sort of led in by like informants within these groups. <laughs> That's not yeah. that the state does, does it? They don't send informants into your group to rat on you to the prosecutors. Yes. And then defense attorneys saying, oh, it's not entrapment. <laughs> totally, totally not. Totally not. Now, it said that Smith said the testimony also shows that the DOJ sought to delay the investigation long enough, as we talked about. But in one example, whistleblower testimony claimed that the IRS was going to search a storage unit in Virginia belonging to Hunter Biden, but tipped off his lawyers before doing so. And this is like a, this is like a mafia movie, isn't it? This is like an issue. This is like something in The Sopranos. I'd like to hear Chuck talk about that. But um, in one revelation, a July 2017 WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden to Chinese business partner Henry Zhao. The president's son invoked his father to threaten Zhao for payment. Oh, this is like a CFR video almost. Listen to this. So it says in this message, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to, this is Hunter Biden speaking. Maybe I should have had a 
different type of pipe. But no, I am sitting here with my father. You got to get into character. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. What was that commitment? Uh, tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. What could that mean? And now means tonight. Hmm, sounds urgent. The text message read. Now, it's a disgusting, disgusting fucking photo. Thanks for that, Daily Mail. Another just, what a fucking... Yeah, creep. some things you just can't unsee, right? I mean, really? Yeah, just... You could just look. You could just look at him and just tell that he just smells like straight asshole. Like I just, I couldn't imagine. All right, but then, um, and it says, television right there, folks. Yeah, and it says, and Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Now, who else could that have been? <laughs> I mean, is that they, they look like they belong in the gross. They look like they belong in the same family, though. If you look at the face, the nose and the, the brow and stuff. All right. So I'm just but maybe we need to bring, uh, you know, Maury back on or something like that and have an episode. But unless he was talking about some somebody else, I believe that Hunter Biden there was talking about Joe Biden. But it says the White House did not immediately respond for a request for comment. Uh, that's, again, who cares? But it says, according to Smith, the whistleblowers claim the DOJ dragged its feet in authentic authenticating the message. That's not technical, right? That's subjective. So dragged its feet. Yes, it may have done that. Hard to say. But it says that they obtained it in August 2020 after getting the results back from an iCloud search warrant. The messages included material we clearly needed to follow up on. Again, that's another whistleblower testimony thing that's sort of subjective, that what, what's important, what needs to be followed up on is. But it said in the lead up to the 2020 election, the IRS had prepared for when we could go overt by obtaining further leads in the case. The testimony also revealed that the investigation into Hunter Biden codenamed Sportsman. <laughs> oh, gross. Think of those pictures I just showed. I think a sportsman, oh God, was first opened in November of 2018 as an offshoot of an investigation the IRS was conducting into foreign-based amateur online pornography platform. What? <laughs> what? Uh, that's, yeah. how, that's how this came about? Amateur porn? And, uh, oh, and I'm sorry, and the charges are what? Well, yeah, the testimony revealed said that the investigation in Hunter Biden, one more time, said uh, Codename Sportsman was first opened in November of 2018 as an offshoot of an investigation the IRS was conducting into a foreign-based. Right. And here we are. We're just talking about, uh, you know. Amateur online pornography platform. Here, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they going after? I mean, are they going after the porn stars for their earnings? Like, did it really, like, did. Did a did an investigation into shaking down like OnlyFans girls for their tax dollars really like end up in, in an investigation into the president's son somehow because like the web of corruption goes that fucking low? Like talk about having friends in low places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, calling Goth Brooks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh 
he, he'll, he'll have the Bud Light at his shows. We're all supposed to be outraged over that, though. But uh, that's that's supposed to eat up your your fucking life and time. But uh, that that it's that these people are this gross. Where an investigation into creepy foreign porn <laughs> girls um, ends up getting the president's son and snagged into it. So is it is it symptom of the universe? Is that just part of the state? Is that how? Gee, do the intelligence agencies use vices at all? Um, whenever it comes to like blackmailing people, um, whenever it comes to like getting things done politically for their like their real masters, like, do you think that they are collect call? Like, are we are we being are we being loons? <laughs> You know, oh, are we being loony there by, by, you know, finding that suspicious? <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, Flimple, the, the, he says the podcast is criminally underrated. Thank you very much for that. Uh, what's up harps. I see harps in the chat. Uh, good to see you folks. Uh, but no, let's, um, let's move on to the next of the big four here. Um, because I, I don't think there's, w- when it comes to these committees and these testimonies in front of the committees, I'm just go back to the panel to kind of wrap this up. Lisa, anything going to come of this shit? Oh, please. I mean, really? I mean, we came in and hit. We still ran Paul and still, you know, clapping like a seal over, you know, Fauci or whatever, like it's going to lead to anything. No, what, what's happening? No, we're just getting taxpayers are getting fleeced for this freaking dog and pony show. Well, it, it will lead. It will lead to, uh, Somebody like our friend John Baldwin getting booted from Twitter, though, talking about it. You know, that, that'll happen. It'll always get the common person. That, that's kind of our point to all of this. As we get this distracted by these huge extroverted type of stories, these big national stories, the, these, these stories of history that may be erased, um, is that, you know, the way that this affects the, the average person, though, that when you, you, when you talk about how the IRS can destroy someone's individual life, but they can have like this involved of an investigation into someone like the president's son that may reveal how we've wound up where we're at in a war in a proxy war with Russia supporting Ukraine, right? The people in our country, people in my fucking neighborhood, even driving around with little Ukraine stickers, flying Ukraine flags, Reading articles like the CBS article that we had before this that just puts people in that two-party paradigm and keeps them ignorant. Like I th- I think to to round round these things off, um, let me go down to uh see one of the quotes here that I wanted to point out. Oh, don't you do that. There we go. Um, not David Brock. Not talking about that one. There's another one here that I wanted to get to where it talks about. I, it goes on fundraising appeal. Gonna get to it. Jim McGovern. It wasn't Jim McGovern. Do 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 do. The president said his son. Nothing wrong. Wasn't that one either. Ah, yes, yes. Thank fuck. I found it. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Now it says here. A challenge for the Biden campaign will be explaining to voters that the legal system is treating both Trump and Hunter Biden fairly. The president has largely stayed silent, not wanting to feed any perceptions that he is exploiting Trump's indictment for political gain. (laughs) What? How could he not? 
but it says you cannot leave it up to people here in quotes to do their own research and come to their own factual conclusions, says Silas Lee, a pollster and sociologist. Oh, scums. Oh, who, yes. Who, Definitely don't let people think for themselves. Who, yeah, who polled for Biden's 2020 presidential campaign? Well, he's not biased at all. Uh, and it says, you will see some Republicans use it, Hunter Biden's plea deal, as a case of whataboutism without discussing all the facts. What about Trump compared to Biden? Now, this is the thing. People on both sides, do you expect either person in the conversation anymore to even know the facts? What are the facts there? They've never been presented in court. We don't we don't have we don't have court transcripts, do we, Lisa, to go through uh with this Hunter Biden plea deal where we can have access to this stuff, do we? Uh, like, do we, we have access well, we to that? We want people to actually uh know things firsthand, right? Yeah, go we're ahead. never gonna see the state's evidence, the IRS's evidence against him, will we? I mean, not when it's swept under the rug under a plea deal. I mean, I think that's what I gathered from a lot of the J6 cases that we paid attention right. to over the past right? couple months. Okay. You see how that works? Yeah. Yeah. And and the people that have taken those that are still in positions of influence and power too are also a little bit, and I hate to say it, but it's true, um, are a little bit suspect to me. You know, they're a little bit suspect to me. Because when you advocate for people, when you advocate for political prisoners, when you advocate for uh, donations to be made to certain charities or for people to go out and vote again for your favorite candidates or whatever, what are you really serving there? I mean, are these people that pled guilty, the ones that apologized even to the state for their actions, the ones that are out now saying that they're proud to, to have done what they did or they're proud to stand with their people or represent them in some sort of way. People that are propped up, the people that get on to big shows you know, and get to have a lot of name recognition in this. Those people, those, those are the people that punked out, in my opinion. The people that stand by their, you know, their, their convictions, the people that truly serve out what the, the state is throwing at them, and not giving up and not pleading guilty. I mean, those those people earn my respect. You know, I'm, and I'm not saying that, you know, hey, everybody has their hill to die on. Maybe people decided, you know what, instead of spending 70 years in prison, I'll just do a couple months and I'll be out. And then I'll be right back on the Twitter spaces and everyone will call me a fucking hero. Maybe that's the easier route. Maybe that was the better no, route. I'm no, I, I totally get, you know, their personal uh, choices, you know, that people, you know, <clears throat> need to make and so forth. But once you make that choice, no, you don't get to come back and pretend to be a freaking hero. Sorry, you don't. Well, because true heroes have conviction. Like, true heroes don't just do it. <laughs> they have conviction in principle, you know, things, things that compel them, you know, to do things and what those things are. I mean, it could be, I mean, we could talk about something you know, spiritual there. We could talk about something that was ingrained in you growing up. Let's talk about a lot of reasons why that happens. But, you know, I think that that the goodwill of people on both sides of this Trump versus Biden argument, the people that are out there, you know, propping up, um, 
politicians on either side for their sound bites, for the things that they claim to be doing in government. I think that what really gets lost there is like how those things are supposed to be done. And, and also, like when people advocate for certain things, like if you're going to advocate for more house investigations like this, um, they're not going to be transparent. They're not going to be transparent. We're going to have information withheld from us the entire time. Every little, every little grab and every little reach that we get, there's always a way for them to sort of plea out, to submit. You know, this isn't a fight to the death. This isn't a fight to somebody going to jail or even hanging for for what they've done crime-wise to the world, let alone this fucking country. Like this this is the type of thing where we're not going to catch them this way, Lisa, are we? We don't we don't catch people with these house committees. When have we ever actually? Like is there a, is there a historical point where like they had like these big hoorah type of court sessions, mock court sessions between all of these fucking creeps, these one-party monsters, these I warmongers. I cannot think of one example. Pandemic you profiteers, you know, off of Rendezvere and off of everything the fuck else. Like, we're going to rely on them to give us the goods on what what was going on with Trump or Biden. I don't, I don't think either one will happen. I think these these uh, these cases, all of them, they're like jobbers in wrestling, right? They put they put the Hulk Hogan or the Macho Man for the time in the ring, and then they bring in Joe Schmo from the local community that's also a wrestler. And Joe Schmo doesn't have a fucking chance in hell. Everybody in the stands knows it, but just you know, you you put up the show anyway, you know. And I think that the people that are really believing that Joe Schmo may present some sort of threat. They call those people in wrestling marks because they don't know that it, it's not necessarily real, that wrestling isn't uh, uh, predetermined. You know, I, I think a lot of these matchups uh, between the department of justice and our political figures, our political puppets that are put out in front of us, like this Mr. Rogers show that happens every day. Well, I was listening to a great song by Suicidal Tendencies, and one of the lines from that song, uh, Bring Me Down, You Can't Bring Me Down, uh, is, uh, well, this ain't no Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> and I think that when we That's talk awesome. about... That's well, Oh, yeah, it's it's an amazing song. It uh, really gets me going. And an amazing metal intro, too. It's it's like really different the way it drops in with like more of like a hardcore uh, type of thing. I'll, I'll post it later. But um, no, with uh, with that line, though, that these puppets that are put in front of us to fight with each other, when you start taking sides in them, like I think about what that does to you emotionally. It's it's you putting your your jersey on for whatever home team and going to getting into a bar fight with the guy at the end of the bar because he's wearing a different jersey. It's just fucking stupid. It's childish shit. It's naive shit, right? Like, that's what I think that you meant just by any questioning of anyone out there making anything. Like, if you still believe somewhat in that, I would challenge that there's maybe a level, maybe, because we can never read people's minds or thoughts, but there may be a level of naivete there, and I'm willing to admit my own. Like, that's how we discover how what is is anymore, what reality even is.
is like being really being willing to admit that you yourself are just as naive at times or have been and having empathy with people over that too. But you have to be able to call people out on it. I mean, I've I, John Henry has been in my life for a long time and he's never afraid to call me out on my own bullshit. And that's been a, a great attribute uh, to him because he's a great man in his own right. But also that's what also makes him a great and friend. He's necessarily- want to call me out on my shit. And it's not even necessarily a personal attack. No. I mean, right? No. He means I it mean, with love. <laughs> so so calling out doesn't have to have that uh you know perception of like you're attacking somebody. It, 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 you know, you're you're questioning it. You're you know, you're bringing you're bringing it to a different level as to people's thought processes. So just want to put that out there. Yeah. And I'm telling the chat because they're asking where Graves is. Graves does not feel well right now. Like I can only imagine what he's dealing with physically. And I don't want him to be in a place where he feels like he's being attacked or anything like that because of you know whom he has on his shows or what he says or anything. We're not like that here at TMB. We aren't. <laughs> I mean, I love having a diversity of opinions regardless. I'm just saying that the, you know, if any opinion that exists anywhere <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna look at it critically you know we're gonna that's that's what we do if if i just have people on to just endorse them i'm not doing anybody any favors and that includes everybody on this panel right now even like we're not here to just endorse certain thoughts or ideas we use everyone's and everyone that participates we use everyone's thoughts and ideas to help further our understanding that's that's what the fuck we do so yeah send uh send all your thoughts and prayers over to uh, our friend Chris um, uh, in the description of this video. I have his new Liberty links up and uh, there's, there's donation links in there. If you want to help him out, um, he just needs to get to a doctor or something like that. And he needs to get his wheels in order. And I've even thought about maybe doing something like a, uh, uh, I even thought about something, doing something like a give send go, even though I, you know, after, after seeing like certain involvement, with them and a lot of these J six cases, I've also thought about like, man, how, like how, how much do I want to prop up things like that too? I mean, not to say that the services that they provide or something like that don't ultimately end in some good for families, but I also see that as another part of the sort of the infrastructure of the internet and how society works today, that that's another part of the trap. And like, now we even have this duopoly with uh gifts and go and, um, What's the other? I even forget their name. The the, the other shitty one. Go, the go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that more. Probably go f yourself. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh, what is it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Harp says faith no more. Yes, very, very, very epic. Uh, but no, with uh, yeah, absolutely. You know it, dude. You know it. Uh, love, love the old faith no more stuff, especially uh, Angel Dust, fantastic record, and a huge, huge fan of Billy Gold's. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, his bass tone, that grindy fucking bass tone, is so nice, so nice. But uh, let's move on uh, to the next of the big four, shall we? Um, I think we talked enough about Hunter Biden. He's fucking disgusting. Um, let's talk about something that affects more uh, common folks like us, right? Um, and even in places where we've been told, too, that through, uh, and a lot of people argue this, that, that there are still statists, right? Well, if you don't like what happens in your state, 
we'll just move to one that, you know, that, uh, that, that, that you move to one of the good ones. Well, let's see how that works out. I don't know what the fuck. Um, this is from the Epic Times. It says Montana firearms dealer sticks to his guns. Oh, stick to your guns. Another good hardcore band. Yeah, that. They love that. Mm-hmm. Reopens business after IRS raid. It says 20 heavily armed agents seized thousands of documents containing personal information on his customers. Um, now, it says Great Falls, Montana, a gun shop in Great Falls, Montana, is back up and running after 20. 20. Who I can imagine that. Ooh. Imagine. <laughs> guys out there, the gun guys. Maybe Harps, maybe. You know, I don't know if Harps has any guns. We might. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, imagine being in the gun store, you know, on your day off or something like that. You're just perusing around, seeing if there's anything new out there. And then all of a sudden, 20 heavily armed IRS agents burst into the room and start raiding the place. Oh, man. I don't know about you guys, but I'd be clenching a little bit. I'd be ducked down behind something solid, hopefully. Oh my goodness. I got to hand it to everyone involved here. Um, thank you for not shooting at each other <laughs> like that. I could only imagine even talks about that later in this article about just like the man, you know, the, the owner of the shop realizing like, man, I'm glad that nobody like pulled when, when it really came down to it because they were on a busy street in town and he thought of the bystanders there and just what could have happened, like all the harm that could have came from this. But also imagine an entire fucking army of these IRS agents now, because then we just sign on to uh, 87,000 more of these fucks. What for? Hmm. Let's read on. And it says, search the business on June 14th, seizing thousands of documents. Why did they do that? Uh, containing private customer information. Oh, kind of, sounds kind of sensitive. So why do they have rights to that? That's what I want to know. Um, now, it also says that Highwood Creek Outfitters owner, uh, Tom Van Hoos, said agents of the Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigation Division, or IRSCI, showed up carrying semi-automatic rifles and dressed in full tactical gear when he arrived to open the store at 7.30 a.m. Now, Van Hoos said he was just as perplexed by the federal search warrant, stating he was under financial investigation by the IRSCI, and they somehow think a small mom-and-pop gun shop makes enough money to justify 20 heavily armed agents, Van Hoos said. He says there is no justification for what happened. Now, during a 10-hour search, Van Hoos said the agents confiscated documents, including financial records, and over 12,000 individual firearms transactions representing 13 years in business. That, that far back. He said that those records filled more than 20 boxes it's 600 records in each box and comprised 90% of the documents seized. You know what's lacking in this article, though, is it never explains as to the initiating, you know, warrant. Yeah. What's the warrant or charge? That's, that's what we want to know. And it says whenever a person purchases a firearm, they must fill out a firearms transaction record, which is ATF form 4473. We all know that one off by heart, right? which contains the buyer's name, address, vital information, and photo ID. And unlike box store gun retailers, small firearms dealers like Highwood Creek Outfitters maintain custody of the 4473 forms on paper for the life of the business, Van Hoos said. So here's, here's the, maybe the reason 
And it's proposed in this too, in this article. If you have large big box store gun retailers, are they more apt to bend over and you know part their cheeks for the state? You think so? You think that like Dick's Sporting Goods and some of these fuck companies um, are, are going to just bend over whenever President Biden asks them to because they're doing common sense gun laws now, you know, because those exist. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> said, well, listen, I mean, this I mean, talk about the intimidation factor, right? I mean, this is this is uh, it's like a uh, uh, warning bell for supposedly to get people to be all fearful, right? Yeah. And our friend Pat reminds us, you may not be interested in government, but government is interested in you. <laughs> he said, reminds us, good luck filing those taxes now too. Yeah, absolutely. And now, yes, definitely with the LA gun stuff, Harps, for sure. Uh, but uh, no, in this article, it says, um, unlike big box gun stores, small firearms dealers like Highwood Creek Outfitters, they maintain custody of those forms. So the IRS has no reason to have those records. Now, that's what this person claims. They're not financial records. Now, what's what's the opposite of that? Like, what what is the what is the claim then? It says nobody else can look at that information. They don't see the light of day unless something criminal happens with the firearm. These are again the, the claims of the owner. That's the only time we must disclose who owns that firearm, as if a gun a crime has been committed. Now he also says that he's been under surveillance. And guess who fucking came to the party? It's old friends from the FBI too, working all hand in hand with this. Isn't that great? Both both agencies that we can rely on, both IRS and FBI working together. Can't we have a better shit sandwich than that? Uh, Van Hoos said two years ago, and ATF too, don't forget. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh God. Man. Now it says FBI agent began surveilling his gun store, taking photographs outside, although he didn't know who it was then. And we thought somebody who was casing our shop to rob it, he said. And Van Hoos called the local police, which is, I think, a good move. You know, you want to document stuff like that. You don't want to just go out there and inspect it yourself. Guns drawn or anything like that either. Not, not a good idea. But it says, who instructed the agent to show his identification or go downtown? Hey, proper way to handle it, I think. Now, also, nobody knew this guy, it says, said Van Hoos, who found out later his business was on a department of Homeland Security. Well, guess who else came to the party here? Wow. Another government agency. Oh, shit. As I burp. Oh, just gross stop by all this. But it says the Department of Homeland Security domestic terrorism watch list. Why? Well, he says they don't know why. And the level of harassment just continues to grow. Shouldn't you get like, a, hey, a warning? You're on this list if you're on the list. I don't know. Like, why yeah, a list? Getting you at the airport. <laughs> why? Why a list if nobody knows that they're on the list? List too, like that they're being they're they're being watched and surveilled by our own country. For what? Like this is? Do they get to just investigate you because they think that you may be a threat? Is that what it really comes down to? They don't have to prove that you are. Isn't there some sort of constant? I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fucking uh, scholar. <laughs> so let, let's go back as to why the FBI was created in the first place, right? By design. Was there supposed to be something like a fucking right of privacy or something that was magically born into? Wasn't wasn't that something? <laughs> 
I could have sworn. I could have sworn I heard something at some point about that. Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it, folks. I don't get it. Um, how do we get here where I guess if the Department of Homeland Security disagrees with what is said online? Like, like I don't, if someone's online like harassing somebody, that's harassment. If somebody's online calling for violence, that's calling for violence. What gets you on the Homeland Security domestic terrorism watch list? What's what are the qualifiers there? Does somebody in a room just get to look at your internet history and go, "Oh yeah, that guy's definitely a terrorist." Well, what makes you one? Like, what what are the definitions for all that stuff? Right, right. Do they have to follow form? Even do they just point and grunt at a picture that they don't like? Do they pull up your profile picture and go, "No, fuck that guy"? You know, like you know, uh, you know how, how deep is the process? <laughs> like people who want to carry out the, this job, though. I mean. At some oh, yeah. point, in I mean, faith in faith to the system nonetheless and it's just you know i don't want to disrespect the, the the people that think that they're serving and truly believe that okay well but also <laughs> is is isn't it right to question you know their naivete if we if the, if we believe what we believe i think it is i think that somebody you know that Thinks that, I mean, and Lisa, I'm sure you run into this too. And, and just with fellow lawyers in a way that just that they still have faith that you can go into the system and get the right person in there and correct this. Right. I mean, you've had um, that argument once or twice, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> My fellow what? Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to name names necessarily or shit on people, but man, when you have that kind of faith, I mean, again, demonstrate that that it works, though. Like but, that, yeah, that's my no, biggest problem be, with it. The problem is, don't perpetuate a false narrative. Like uh, it's like for me, it's, it's perpetuation of of the false system, right? Yeah, it's just not getting the right person in there. It's like okay, so you get the right person in there, and then they do what? And then is that right and just what they do? Like what we were talking about before with Trump and Schedule F is just like you get Trump in there, he's supposed to fire all these bad people and all these government agencies that we all hate. Yeah. Everybody that's like libertarian on the right in the alternative media, we all hate these fucking agencies. Like you want to give us red meat? Tell us that they're going to go away because that's what we want. Like a lot of us, we could do without them. But to say that we can reform them and prop them up and put the right people in them and that, or even that they're supposed to exist at all. Like that's got to be part of it. That's the downside no, of being worse, swept though. into binary choices. It's, it's when they conduct these dog and pony shows and, our, and we're paying for it. All right. I mean, yeah. we're, <laughs> it's coming out of our own rare. Come on folks. And. Thanks to the chat for reminding us because Harps asked what was the uh, Fourth Amendment after all. And Pat reminded him, just paper. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> and what's better than double penetration by two clown ABC agencies? A three way with no lube. <laughs> Absolutely. Well put, Harps. Well ouch. Put, Harps. Ouch. That, that, you know? that hurts. That really I don't, hurts. I, I don't think we can get any, get any further into that story than, than that. Um, painful. So, I mean, I just, uh, who knows? Cause they, they never necessarily get into in the rest of the article. Um, they, they start talking about like how the government has approached cases like this and how the instance put the community at risk, as I've mentioned before, but really 
no no clue from the government as to why they were snatching up those records, what they're doing with right? them, where nothing they're kept. about how it initiated. Nada, nothing, just because they can, right? Now, if if they if it was different, let's say if the business had misplaced those records. Let's say if the business had put them in a place, it's kind of like we're having like this uh what what's considered classified documents like type of thing right now. If the business had done something with these records that was shifty, um, they'd be nailed to the fucking wall. The system would come down on them with like that with the force of hell, right? Because that's that that's what 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 would even be demanded by the gun owners that bought shit from those stores. Like, how dare you fuck with my records? But if the ATF, along with the FBI and IRS, all want to work together in sequence with each other to come in and steal your records from the gun shop you lawfully bought a gun for. What the fuck are they doing with those records? Don't we have a right to ask as a community? Like, hey, uh, Mr. Person that works for the government that I supp that supposedly serves me, what what you doing with my information there? You're putting me on a list? And why you're putting me on a list because I bought from this store and this store is supposed to be the bad store? Because of what? What makes what makes them on the list to watch of all gun stores, and 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 why and why that store and not like Walmart, right, right, right. or yep. any other store that sells guns, you know any any of the big bass you know uh fucking outfitters any of those other big big name brands out there and I'm not knocking those places if you work at that place or that's what you got to do for a living man, I fucking worked retail before, all right I've been in that hell. But you know the the those types of places though, they're never going to be under the gun for any of this stuff. In fact, they don't even need to be asked. They'll just go ahead and change all of their policies and work with whatever federal new database that someone proposes. Because also, when it comes down to it, it's just people working for these places. Like that's the thing. Like imagine if you worked for some sort of bureaucracy, right? Like the ATF, and you got to deal with these fucking forms all day. And then you got you got the big box stores that are willing to just put this all on a database and just email it over to you every afternoon if you want it. Like it's that instant. Is that easier than going through 600 files per box and 20 boxes of them? No. You want that shit on a database because it makes your job easier. It's just a symptom of the universe when it comes to that stuff. It's just you people know. wanting things to be easier and simpler and dumber because that's how we live that's how we progress supposedly in society I, too but i think mainly this was more so not just about gathering information but more to 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 really put the fear of god into people all right that, that's what it's mostly about oh yeah like if you support a quote-unquote right-wing leaning gun shop Oh, if you go to a mom and pop gun shop that does things the old way by paper versus going to a big box store, you can influence markets that way. You can collapse smaller businesses into the arms of larger waiting businesses that eat up their market share. And boy, when has that ever happened in this country? Well, moving on to uh, the last of the big four. Let's let's wrap up this week with this one. Um, this is Maryland Supreme Court imposes limits on ballistics evidence used to link guns to crimes. When we talk about the Department of Justice, when we talk about like the type of federal crimes that people are convicted of, like murder, <laughs> right? Isn't that a big one, Lisa? 
Isn't that a big one? If you're, you're convicted, I'm sorry about the indigestion, uh, but if you're uh, convicted of gun crimes and, and result in harm or loss of people, <laughs> uh, that's a pretty big crime. And if you are not guilty of said crime and you're serving uh, right now, it may be somewhat due to this. So it says in the article here, in Maryland, firearms experts will no longer be allowed to testify that a specific gun fired a specific bullet. The state's highest court ruled in an opinion published Tuesday. So you mean that we just came to the conclusion that this something like this should not be in practice? In I'm, a I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like completely flabbergasted that this actually happened. I'm like, Wow, you mean something of <laughs> something that really should happen occurred in this system? I'm like, I'm still like, well, I mean, and I'm glad you're looking at it in the positive because when I when I read this, I'm like, how many motherfuckers went to jail? How many people lost what they knew of their lives in jail? How many people are no longer with us because they went to jail because they were innocent? Like that's the type of spiral that you get into when you start thinking about this stuff. It's unnerving. It's really, it rattles your faith. It rattles your faith in other people and their, their ability to make decisions too. Because like I've had several parts in my life where I'm cheering on the justice system. I'm like, yeah, nail that motherfucker to the wall. He's guilty. Okay. Um, maybe they aren't. I mean, to keep that in mind, especially in today's day and age, like where you have all this Me Too bullshit and everything else that gets handled online with people, right? That, you know, people accuse each other of whatever the fuck, okay? There's not a lot that people actually know. There's, there's a lot of what we assume. There's a lot of what we assume of each other. There's a lot to be assumed by reading on a paper. Like if you're just picking up the the local paper or something like that back in the day, or just going online and reading local news that they found the guy down the street from you guilty of murder, shot his wife. You put that in the back of your mind, like it happened. And that was all that happened. And that's what you know about it. And then when somebody else brings it up, maybe at the gas station or something, Oh, did you hear about that guy? Then you're like, yeah, he shot his wife and killed her. Wow. Yeah. They found him guilty. Oh, wow. Yeah. You definitely did it then. Maybe he didn't. You know, that's, that's something fucked up. <laughs> and it's just like, how do you rectify that afterwards? Do you go back to everyone in the community and be like, listen, we need to call a meeting. Everyone that thought that that guy killed his wife, he really didn't. Um, they passed this new law just this Tuesday. I know, like maybe they should have thought of that before they started killing people. Right. Um, or whatever, putting them in jail for forever. Uh, but no, I mean that, that they passed this new law that said that maybe the, the expert witness testimony that was given in his trial was completely bullshit. Um, we'll, we'll read on. <laughs> it says, authored by Chief, Chief Justice Matthew J. Fader of the Supreme Court of Maryland, the opinion imposes limits in the courtroom on the practice as firearm, and what's in quotes, tool marks analysis. The forensic technique postulates that machines used to make guns leave tiny imperfections on their components. Oh, so these really high-tech and very specific and very, like, they get things down to like, I don't even know what the measurement is even considered there. Maybe Harps knows like how, how, how far down, like does the accuracy go 
when it comes to building modern firearms with these CNC machines and things like that. Can they get it down to where like all the tool marks are pretty much the same? Um, can they use existing tool marks and other things or whatever makes those in a gun to maybe emulate that again? I mean, because I'll tell you what, lately I've been using this program for guitar and it sounds pretty much like the real amplifier. Like it sounds pretty much like the real thing. I'm pretty up on that technology. Maybe not on the gun stuff as much, but can they make one gun to make the same marks as another? With the type of technology that they have nowadays, at least of what we're the fuck aware of. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Now with um, the 3D printing today, come on. Oh my goodness, that's what I'm talking about. Like with how with how detailed you can get down to like the nanometer or whatever that they go by. Like you can make small little engravements in very hard material. You can make it very exquisite and design and other things like that and I've, I've walked into gun stores and seen some really amazing designs and detail that's put into the side of these guns too the more decorative types and stuff like you know anniversary editions of things and stuff that's in great i mean the 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 accuracy in which they produce man, and manufacture these things is phenomenal um so and i'm sure that with that improving over the years too that may have changed sort of how this applies too I don't know. I'm, I'm asking, but it says the uh, forensic technique postulates that machines used to make guns leave tiny imperfections on their components and that those components imprint unique marks on ammunition composed of softer metal when fired. Now, that's the question. How unique? So it says until now, it was a commonplace for firearms examiners, usually employed in police crime labs, to testify that a gun recovered by law enforcement fired bullets or used casings found at a crime scene. If they believe that that to be based uh, to be true based on their observations under a microscope. Okay. So again, they law enforcement collects the fired bullets or casings found at the crime scene. And they testify in which if they believe that to be true uh, on their observations from under a microscope now, but it says, but four of seven justices on the, now, this is another one. Just throwing it out there. Four out of seven, that's a game That's a game seven in sports, right? You have to win four matches to win, to win right, the cup. Right. All right. Let me, let me throw this out there. Do you want your life, your, your, your life in jail, even execution, to be based on a four out of seven decision? <laughs> do you want... Do you want the outcome of how that's weighed in society based on a fucking game seven? <laughs> Have you ever paid attention to sports in your hometown? Yeah, but wait, but it's even had worse. Any heartbreaking game sevens. Okay. But, but it's even worse. <laughs> but it's worse. If you later on in the article, you'll see that, that the analysis, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just floored that, this, I mean, of this good result because um, it could, Imagine that it comes down to whether they were trying to, the prosecutor was trying to say harmless error. Can you imagine that? Harmless well, error. Well, let's talk about error here because our friend Harps, who might know a thing or two about a thing or two about guns, he says that uh, if you've ever seen a projectile that has been fired even into a ballistic shell, the bullet fragment crumples. 
now or, or bullet and bullet fragments too because there's often not just a bullet but also the fragments of them because the way things happen but it says that there is no way to match what it was shot through yeah that's uh it was has it been did they use junk science to convict people right? folks right for how <laughs> I mean, long did they, I, this is what this, thank you very much because that's what it all boils down to right yes this case shows it has been junk science for eons now just to say i mean have we all been victims of junk science the past several years i mean has it not been proven that junk science and the way that it's applied in institutions when it comes to how we govern ourselves and our laws and who gets authority Man, they use a lot of it for that. I mean, they're still using it now. I mean, we still have fucking idiots that still believe that the world's going to end in less than 12 years. So what's, what's the counter down till now? Do, do we have a doom clock, you know, that, that exists for the climate fucking people? The ones that are like super gluing their balls to like VWs and stuff. I don't know what the fuck they're doing nowadays, guys. But that's college in Europe, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, God knows what they're doing in ours. But no, with uh, probably cutting their dicks off or something. We're just so fucking stupid. Uh, as a society, not not as individuals, but just as a society, like think of how this got over. This got over on people like me, no doubt. Like oh, just the forensic evidence matched. People say okay, and they move on. I mean, I can't tell you specific instances or something like that. Somebody with Graves' memory probably could. Shout out to Chris. But um, you know, with, with with cases like this, and just in my hypothetical, like guy down the street killing his wife or something like that. But I mean. Could this have been used in other larger, more significant political cases too in the past involving murders of people um, <laughs> and, and the ballistics you know, that was found at the scenes of these crimes? I think we know a couple people that may, maybe have something to say about that. Um, now, it says the ruling uh, response to the appeal of a murder case. And that's all. That, I mean, that's another shocking thing that what this came from, Lisa, right? That the ruling was a response to an appeal of a murder case in Prince George's County, but all decision by the state's highest court are binding on lower courts. So all of those court cases and just now I'm not going to shit on the people of Baltimore. Okay. They've had an, enough fucking problems because of their government and the environment down there um, and everything that's going on in their lives. But think about the amount of gun crime in a city like Baltimore. Think about the amount of prosecutions, the amount of people that have been shuffled through the system. Think of the children that have been separated from their mothers and fathers over cases like this. See, I included both sexes that time, not a total sexist. <laughs> you know, women can murder too. But um, yeah, but uh, thinking of just like the impact of this and just that city alone, how many is that? Is that thousands of people? That's way more than hunter biden's little gun charge isn't it yeah imagine i mean just think fuck man massachusetts all the all that fake uh drug lab stuff how many yeah. people caught up on that like i'll go back to the panel to say this and to kind of wrap things up guys i'm not pissed that hunter biden is part of a two-tier justice system i'm i'm pissed that everybody else is getting shit on by the two-tier justice system more. I'm more pissed that Hunter Biden's involved in getting us to fund war with our tax dollars that they take from us, to fight proxy wars that we never wanted, 
and that we don't want. And also, who the fuck wants to mess around with nuclear war? I mean, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing it more now. I'm seeing it more now on alternative media. We're talking about like, is this it? Did we have this type of advancement? We're supposed to be looking at Ukrainian advancement and how that's going. It's not going so well See, or whatever else. But you just brought up something. See, it's being used as a form to distract people from all that underlying. Well, yeah, you know. what are they really doing over there? Are they really walking that fine line with somebody else? Like that's the thing. Is it really? I mean, and I'm not. I'm not questioning whether like the whole entire, like the all the movements and all the you know positioning of troops and all of the death and destruction that's occurred over there thus far. You know, be, between Ukraine and Russia, I'm not challenging you know the reality of that. I'm challenging the reality of why the fuck we're involved. Like, doesn't that doesn't that really like seep into? all of these other stories as to why we're really involved over there. Like yeah. how are we arming people on the streets? We're arming people. We're old men and women and whomever else we're arming them on the streets in Ukraine. I've heard and send them out to go fight for their country to the last man. But we're taking our records for our gun purchases. We're putting people on lists and also we're putting people in jail, at least for the past several decades with junk science. You know, for defending themselves with their guns. I mean, shit. I mean, it's been said plenty of times before, folks. But the war really is against us. It's top down. It's a top down war. Okay? It's the people that are higher up in these institutions and have all this power and are are corrupt. And the people that they ultimately serve, which is probably the people that move the money around and make everybody wealthy and help keep everything stable by manipulating people. And if it isn't, why the fuck are we letting these madmen get us involved with a, a war with Russia? Why the fuck would any American want that? Especially if you live on the West Coast. Like, <laughs> you know, like why do you want to be within range of missiles? And don't we have like I think there was something else uh, they're chatting up this week too about the foreign policy stuff that we're having uh, people move into Cuba again. You know, the Chinese bases in Cuba or something like that. That's another thing that's going on. I mean, are we really are we really willing to do that dance? It's just like when you challenge somebody. Are like, are you willing to have that fight? Or are you just talking shit? And then like, why would we? Why would we? I mean, there there seems to be a tremendous amount of coordination amongst all the different agencies in this country to cover up all the links to the warmongers, to the war state. And I believe it's because both parties are involved. Both parties have a lot at stake there. And the people that put those people in power have a lot at stake because they're the owners or investors in those companies, or now they call them the stakeholders, right? That's the other fucking bullshit uh, term that all of a sudden, like, it, they, they want to make it apparent to you that it's not just you as a shareholder, that you are literally a different person. You are a shareholder and they are a stakeholder. And there's a difference there, boy. And you're going to find out about it too. You're going to find out about it or you're never going to find out about it. And you're just going to live all your life thinking that you can just play into the two-party system and it's somewhere going to correct itself. That you're going to get you're going to get the truth from a house panel committee. 
that you're going to get the truth from mainstream media in any shape or form, or even from the fucking alternative media. You bastards. Telling people that they can just vote their way out of this. Telling people that they can just imagine that somebody right getting in the right position in these institutions is going to save us. When those institutions and those people of power, they don't deserve it. Why do we keep giving it to them? Let's stop. I mean, our friend Vince says, start over. And I mean, as, as much as I'd like to disagree, because I know that it could destabilize a lot of things, and I mean this, Vince, that if we were to start over as a society, it can't ever look like anything like this ever again. There is no right people to do it this way. That's why you limit it. Like in, in smaller environments and smaller communities, and voluntary in involuntary environments within those communities. That's how we should govern. I'm tired of like hearing people that want to force the other side to live with this or live with that for the next two to four years or whatever the fuck, or for that to be justice, or that we'll vote, we'll vote our, our form of justice in. Well, do you vote to see whether or not people are guilty of murder or not? Like, is that is that how stupid the argument has gotten? Where just like if one side agrees that one, you know, that the junk science is real and the other side doesn't, haven't we seen that with COVID? Haven't they polarized that too? They do it all the time. Who's in favor of global warming and who's who's in favor of uh, of climate skepticism? You know, those those two different sides fighting each other all the fucking time. Yes, and thank you very much, Harlan, for chiming in and reminding us all that Ray was Trump's pick. Yes, the people that are carrying out investigations, the people that were in charge of certain things, yes, Trump picked out all those people. Now, I've heard an argument out of like out of the hat of who, like who would actually step up to be in those positions, like who do you actually hire on if they're all fucking scums, but who knows? But still, that's his executive decision and not outing people, not firing people. Not, not taking advantage of the situation when it's revealed that those people are scummy. Mm. That's what makes me question Trump. And that's what makes, you know, that's what should make you question Trump is did he take advantage of this the entire time? Did he just roll with it once he found out what was going on with uh, all of the Russiagate bullshit, the crossfire hurricane? Little Rolling Stones reference. How dare they? <laughs> but, you know, once he found out, you know, how did he go about it? Did he go to the public and say, hey, look what they're doing to me? Of course he did. Well, what happened after that? What really happened? People put their faith in him. Because he was supposed to be the good guy. Or at least for the certain side that you're on. But on the on the flip side, the guy over from the other city you know, has a different jersey on, sees him as the enemy. And that's all that they really know. Getting two people together to fight over those things, you're never going to get anything out of it. Yes, thank you, Harlan Ford. He chess rides again. Absolutely. People's imaginations taking hold, you know, of what really is going on in someone's mind. Imagining that they have some sort of plan, but they can't ever describe it to you because it's just too complicated. 
folks, the reason why it's complicated is because other people are making it complicated. Uh, if we bring things back to a local level, the way we govern ourselves and start over from there, what's just and get rid of the junk science, get rid of the bullshit, get rid of the people that are arguing for things that are subjective, moral policing, pre-crime, all these other things. And just get back to the fucking basics, which our justice system can't even do right in the first place, which is proving who murders one another. I'd say that's a pretty important one. If they can't get murder right. How are they getting all these other IRS crimes and other things with dramatic, more dramatically more details involved and subjective reasoning involved? Conspiracy, even. <laughs> Seditious conspiracy. Where are they getting all that from? Yeah, conspiracy is a criminal offense. Yeah. So, but Lisa... Um, any final takeaways that you want people to have from this episode? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do two. Okay. I'm going to I do this one. I walk the talk on this, question everything and everyone. And uh, realize, you know, people need to realize government is a deadly weapon. It is. Certainly is. Um, yes, and everyone in the chat asking, yes, send Graves some good thoughts. Um, I want to sort of wrap with that. Chris is our good friend. Chris, whatever we uh, discuss and anything, like we're always transparent as, as possible here on the show and on TMP entirely with how we feel about people. Uh, we mean no disrespect to any of the names that were brought up in our discussion earlier today or any of those uh, creators or podcasters, researchers, or whomever. Um, we just question what's happening you know if people around us are sort of buying into certain solutions and we don't believe those to be the right solutions i think we have every right to question them uh we mean no disrespect to the person because again i myself have believed in things that were not true that were not right and i've i've learned that through my uh experiences here on this show i've learned a lot of them from lisa and I've learned a lot of them from Chris because Chris reminds me too all the time that other things out there aren't as they've seemed. And I have taken them wrongly. I have looked past them. So, and that's why we jump back into it every Friday. So uh, thank you guys uh, for being here today. Uh, join the TMP crew, wherever you find us on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds uh, with hashtag TMP crew. Um, make sure to uh, follow us on all of our different video platforms, which include not just Rumble and Odyssey, but we're also on BitChute, Brighteon, and we also are on Spotify video as well. So with Spotify, you can subscribe to us there. And um, I've noticed that the subscription numbers have really gone up there on Spotify. I appreciate that because it's good seeing those metrics improve. And um, yeah, definitely take advantage of that video feature on Spotify that they allow us to use. Um, so yeah, you can also find us on Substack. Uh, you can find us there under number six, my name. And um, that's where I put each week's monologue. So you'll find a copy of this week's transcript uh, there along with the source list, which is something that, um, oh, and thank you, Christine, you take care too. Uh, but um, now with, uh, you can find the source list for each week's uh, show. And that's all the different articles that we bring up on the screen and all the other research articles that are, are given to us from our friends, uh, Lisa and Chris and others, and you out there too. So always uh, feel free to drop us uh, comments. 
um, about anything that you feel about uh, these topics. Also, please, uh, if you have links to anything to support your opinions, videos, articles, documents, all that stuff. Um, the documents, when we can't put those on our source list on Substack, will go on our what's called our TMP document vault. And that document vault is on Subscribestar. All the links can be found in the description of all of our videos everywhere. So um, check out our Liberty links there. Like again, subscribe, uh, follow whatever it's called there. Like these videos and share them with hashtag TMP crew. And uh, let's, let's continue the conversation, folks. Um, love spending the time with you guys always. Um, until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>